Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we are done. I know that I've introduced like the last four episodes or so with that, but we are. We are done we've with Goblet really, of Fire. We've been really ready to be done for a while. We, we yeah, this is a long book. Uh, and it is a, a long movie and some short video games. I, I'm not trying to look too far ahead here, but I am laughing hearing you say this. I d- dug up my copy of Order of the Phoenix and I have it in front of me on the desk and I'm like leaning on it because it's so tall. And you're like, Goblet of Fire is so long. And I'm just like here leaning on this horrible, horrible book. But, <laughs> but I, but I, I don't mean to get too too ahead too ahead of ourselves here. No, no, I think that's fair. Uh, I went to the store and I bought a, co- a new copy so I can write in it. And that is a big book. It is it is a big heavy brick. It's like I bought the new one that has like the the new like cover illustration on it, and it's like propped up on my desk on the other side of this office. And it's just Harry giving me a very worried look from across the room, and I feel it. I saw your I saw your picture of that that you posted on on our Twitter um and for the longest time I was like squinting at it because I thought Umbridge was supposed to be Ron and I was like <laughs> and I was just like that is such an interesting interpretation of Ron and I was like trying to figure out where where it came from before I was like oh that's Umbridge yeah I'm looking at it now and actually I can I, so I I know that that is supposed to be Umbridge but like like I can I'm I'm looking at it and going like yeah i mean i guess i could see that as wrong because it has it has like such a angry face and ron's pretty mad at harry in in (laughs) in in well goblet and order of the phoenix i guess i'm like yeah i could see that i think if you if you were going in purely on your knowledge of like what you remember of the story i think that's a fair assessment yeah, I think it I think it captures kind of Ron's essence more than I think Umbridge is. But... He definitely looks ready to talk about why slavery is good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Umbridge might also be ready to talk about that. So maybe they should get together. Let's talk about video games. Let's talk about video games. Um, Goblet of Fire. Uh-huh. Uh, it, OK, Goblet of Fire is a is a bad book, but I think it is maybe the one that would have best been suited to a video game due to the fact that it is based on a tournament right yeah it is a whack it is a wacky magic tournament where where like you're competing and there's action and and drama and like it it feels like it should have been a a, a slam dunk honestly and uh these video games i think even by like the harry potter video game standards are not a slam dunk by any means yeah i i feel like every every um task should have just been a full-length dungeon and they could have just called it a day that's so easy (laughs) yeah there you go yeah it's a dungeon you know slap in some like like in between hogwarts adventure stuff like the other games have it's done and it's over in six hours boom done what they did instead was like this was this this came out in 2005 which was like what other games came out in 2005? Help me out here. 2005. Oh, God. If we we're talking 2004, this will be an easy question. Let me double check. Video games, 2005. I'm thinking like, I think Chronicles of Riddick was 2005. Like for good license games. Mm. Half-Life 2 was 2004. Oh, okay. Duh. Uh, okay. So other games you could have been getting in 2005. Uh, Resident Evil 4. 
Shadow okay. of the Colossus, Call of Duty 2, Guitar Hero, The First God of War, <laughs> Devil May Cry 3, uh, uh, Burnout Revenge, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, Mercenaries, Star Wars Republic Commando, Call of Cthulhu. Jesus, this is a lot of good games. Uh, you know, there is a lot of good games, but whenever I hear these lists, I'm like, games have been so good lately. Yeah, they have, right? It's it's. I've got a lot of games to play right now. There's some good stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, um, but this this 2005, I think, was like this weird era where if you if you, I don't I don't know if you ever played them, um, but do you remember like like 2002 through 2004, um the lord of the rings games were coming out based on the movies and it was like this weird uh like moment where people were going like no actually like these movie games are are getting good like, yeah i do re- i do remember that specifically from one of the lord of the rings games and i and i believe i did end up playing it and it was pretty good yeah it was it was like two towers and return of the king i think are the ones that people really really like and and they're just like like well made and like for the time really graphically impressive like hack and slash games. I, th- basically I think I played. Play. I think I played the Two Towers and really liked it. To be clear, though, I did not like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> just you just need to disclaimer not not turning around on your Lord of the Ring your established Lord of the Rings. Position. No, no, definitely not. I mean, I mean they they were just like good like um like gauntlet clones basically right like they they were yeah. just sort of cool hack and slash games with really good graphics um and this i i think like a lot of uh uh movie games looked at those and were like shit we need to do that i remember off the top of my head the chronicles of narnia game is also like this uh and so is the aragon game um and like a bunch of others. And so they tried to turn Goblet of Fire into one of these like co-op hack and slash games that, as well. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I was I was watching I, I didn't put that together and just watching the footage of the Goblet of Fire game, I just did not understand what was going on. Like why they went for this like very stark yeah. like, like button mashy uh I, I don't know even how to describe like the the big spells. We watched that interview with the EA guy. He's like, the, big, <laughs> yeah. the more spell, the more spells you do, the bigger they get. I was like, what is that about? Uh, but now that's all kind of coming together. I understand uh, yeah. how that happened at least. Star Wars Episode Three was one of these games too. It was like it was like the Lord of the Rings games were like a good like like really well-reviewed well-received licensed games and like every movie game for the next few years was like okay we need to do one of those which is really weird because like i wouldn't say that the um i definitely wouldn't say that the like uh previous harry potter games were like incredible games or anything but they were unique like they they weren't like like sticking the the movie into a formula the same way that this one is um you know but you had like open hogwarts stuff and you had like kind of light light puzzle solving and adventure elements like they were unique like like they were a good interpretation slash like like approximation i think of like what you would expect from a harry potter game whereas this is just like why did you turn this into 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 gauntlet like this is weird yeah um it it definitely doesn't feel like Harry Potter. 
Uh, and I'm not saying like the first games necessarily did either, but it kind of it had it like a charm of its own. And this is like charmless is yeah. how I would describe it. This is like the most like this. This feels unlike the other ones, which which, you know, they had uh, 3D platformer adventure games and like open Hogwarts game and they're like JRPGs on the handhelds and stuff like they felt like they were sort of like allowed to to like do what they wanted like they you know come up with their own ideas this is like the first one that really feels like a cynical like movie cash grab i had um, a blast playing that level in uh sorcerer's stone that was like a lava level in the forbidden forest <laughs> yeah that rocked um so i i am excited to one day uh, uh at least give this game a shot because it is co-op and like that kind of makes games instantly funnier to me um you had the more unfortunate task of looking at the Game Boy version of this game, uh, as usual, and and I'd like to I'd like to know your thoughts on the the portable. Uh, my thoughts is my thoughts is that all Game Boy Advance games were actually bad. But, uh, I <laughs> do is... not think that's unfair. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't realize at the time. Mm-hmm. I, why were they all like this? I, I'm not okay. Not all Game Boy Advance games were bad, but why were they all this like? top down naughty like hack and slash like puzzle game yeah like like i'm remembering now speaking of licensed games and like game boy advance games you know what the the gobbled of fire footage looked like the, the stuff you sent me it looked like the bionicle game for the game boy advance which was also like a completely unreadable isometric <laughs> like like platformer adventure thing i don't know i i don't know why why it's like that it seems like such a missed opportunity of a system because like when when you look at the game boy advance and like you look at how the game like the game boy advance is remembered it's like this is like a little portable super nintendo which sounds perfect right except that all the games are like trying too hard i don't like i don't know like like yeah but this was seemed to be both trying too hard and not trying at all like 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 thinking about the like main platform like playstation game like you're right it does seem like they kind of they kind of got reined in and had to make a more cynical, like this has to be a good game, like the Lord of the Rings game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that oversight didn't happen with the Game Boy Advance game, but it just, it really feels like I, I just have this feeling like all licensed games at that time just were the same horrible formula and it got and it got pretty good reviews right like like its scores were pretty good because the game like worked yeah but it feels like they just didn't factor in how miserable it is to play like it's it just doesn't seem very fun i'm trying to imagine like i like i looked at footage of it and i'm trying to imagine playing on a game boy with a worm light you know, like like trying to see what the fuck is going on. Just a misery. Uh, well, yeah, just it, lucky for you, it is also available on the DS. <laughs> I was I was scared for a second because in the past, like there would be a Game Boy version and there would be a Game Boy Advance game that was completely different, and then the main console game. So I was like, is the DS version just going to be a different game? It's not. It's it's just a port. It's a port, except, except there is dueling in it, which is in full 3D, and so we get this horrible little 3D Voldemort at the end uh, that you great. have to fight. He's he's he's, he's a horrible little goblin man. <laughs> um, uh, we would be remiss not to talk about the Yule Ball Rhythm game in the Game Boy Advance. It's, this is the one saving grace of this game. Um, they, for some reason, and I, I'm not sure 
if they are actually being like 3D because like the, the Game Boy Advance could do some really basic 3D stuff. There's like X versus Sever and some other really weird like 3D featuring games. Or it's like pre-rendered sprites of 3D uh, animated characters. Either way, a lot of work went into this absolutely insane dancing minigame where you pick a character and then you basically have to play like a little uh, uh, like DDR thing uh, on the D-pad and buttons, except that it's set to, it seems like it's just like random music tracks from the rest of the game. And so, like, Harry is disco dancing while, like, generic action music 37 is playing in the background. And, like, the button uh, 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 prompts, like, do not match up with the beat at all because there, like, is no beat because it's just MIDI violins and, and stuff. It's, it, is, it is a real fever dream. It's surreal. Um, I do love it. I love seeing Ron and Hermione's horrible models in the background, like clapping along or cheering him on i love this image of harry potter having to go out on the dance floor at the yule ball with a spotlight on him to do disco moves uh, for the pleasure of the the crowd (laughs) i wish this was in the movie just just completely strip out the yule ball as is from the film and just replace it with this like napoleon dynamite dance off at the end like like that would be that'd be so much better um so yeah so so the games i i would say it it's it it is like a completely unremarkable set of games but that has a weird way of wrapping around back to being very funny because previously the games had just been like completely off the wall um and seeing uh harry potter shoved into the like the like gauntlet ripoff du jour uh, of mm-hmm. 2005 is is kind of surreal to look back like it's weird to look back and go like this was you know 14 years ago now which is weird to think about but like that's what video games were like you could just pick up a movie game and it was it would be a button masher it was a very serious time for games very very serious time and uh i think that's kind of all i have to say on the games just i i, I really do one day want to sit down and and understand what the fuck the uh the spell combining thing is because that that's like the the number one feature that's like touted in this thing is like oh if you you can combine the spells but all the spells appear to be like water spell and move things spell and i'm not is sure it, how you is it for like co-op like you you yeah like gauntlet yeah, style like, combine it with your with your friend to yeah do more stuff well like in nearly all of that promo footage and like the ea video it's like all three of them standing in a ring like shooting the same water jet into a into a like c- convergence point and like that kind of thing so I, yeah i don't know that just it just seems so obvious it's right there it's the triwizard tournament just make that game yeah, it feels like um, nobody really knew what to do with the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, so in that way, I feel like the the games are very fitting um, yeah. in that they made weird choices about what plot beats to care about and also are completely joyless. <laughs> Speaking of completely joyless things, we watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Do you like that one? Yeah, was good, good, yeah, good yeah I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah. I actually wouldn't call it totally joyless. I think there's some good stuff in there, but it, it is a weird movie. I'm going to uh, start us off at the top here with just some, some fun movie facts for you. Cool. Um, so it was directed by Mike Newell. Um, and this is the only one he directed. I have a weird uh, uh, behind the scenes 
a little note here that I, I wanted to run by you, which is super weird. He only got paid, and I'm putting only in, in like scare quotes here, but like compared to the other directors, he only got paid a million dollars to make this. Whereas the other director, like previously, uh, both Chris Columbus and, and uh, Alfonso, according to IMDb, they got $10 million and residuals. Like, like they got a cut it. They got like a percentage of the box office. That's weird. Why? Yeah, so that, I, yeah, I want to know, was that like his call? Did he just like bid real low? Uh, were they playing hardball with directors for the fourth movie? Like, I really want to know why um you know i would love a million dollars but like comparatively that's real low considering that the others got 10 like i don't know i i would feel kind of shitty walking into that job do you do you have any other um uh movies that he's directed i don't know much about this guy um he directed four weddings and a funeral that's probably his biggest one okay um and donnie brasco uh those are i I don't know the director of donnie darko (laughs) oh if only but would you like to so those were like the two i think like the two big ones he did before um harry potter but would you like to know what his most recent uh uh big uh, blockbuster was he did the prince of persia movie oh fuck i forgot about that with jake gyllenhaal of course of course A yeah. beloved classic. An, an absolute classic. A real <laughs> banger of a film. Um so yeah, I don't I, I just don't know why he why he only got a million. Is he a big Harry Potter fan? Was this like a volunteer an act of, of volunteerism? He's just like, I <laughs> I I will do anything to direct Harry Potter. I love I love the wizard school. I love the wizard boy. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah, maybe 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 that was it. It was just like this is this is a portfolio piece. I'm doing this for the exposure. Mm-hmm. Um uh alfonso coron turned it down unfortunately i would have loved to have seen him make more of these um uh he recommended mike newell i think which i'm not sure Hmm. yeah it was probably probably a recommendation like he he loves wizards let him do it this guy loves wizards uh i've seen it he's (laughs) he's a big fan of magic he loves the pointy hats this guy is perfect uh john williams this is the first one uh uh, of the series that does not feature his music uh he opted to score memoirs of a geisha instead which i I don't know if anyone remembers that movie or score so uh kind of a bummer there um mike newell i i don't know if you okay i do have a quote from mike newell about the uh the book here and i'm not sure if this is in the pro or anti book category maybe you can help me out here sure he did he did describe it as a house brick mm. i don't know what that is i thought maybe it had some sort of secret meaning that i did not know um i i do think that's negative yeah it is a bit of a brick um you you could i'm looking again at my copy of order of the phoenix on the other side of the room here you could build a structure out of those no problem i feel like this kind of pokes a hole in my theory about him being uh like passionate about making harry potter and therefore not taking more than a million (laughs) dollars yeah i just that that is gonna bother me for like the rest of this of of this episode i i really want to know why he took such a low relatively low salary on this thing um 
Uh, especially because, you know, he opted, uh, you know, I guess he didn't get a, a box office percentage here. And this was the highest worldwide box office uh, uh, draw for 2005. Yeah, mm. This was a, a very popular movie. However, it was third in North America. Can you guess what the two movies ahead of it in North America were? Uh, Star Wars. Yes. King Kong. <laughs> No, not <laughs> King Kong. Uh, you should know this one. It's uh, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Was oh, my, two. Fa- my favorite movie. Favorite film. My favorite, uh, my favorite movie. So you'll be pleased to know that it, it narrowly beat uh, Goblet of Fire. That's really surprising to me. I, I guess I guess Goblet of Fire is a is a fourth movie, and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was a new new franchise that people were excited to see, and it had that lion in it um yeah so people were like how'd they get that lion to talk i like the lion it's good who plays is it liam neeson is he I'm, the lion i'm not sure someone's someone, someone famous is the lion i just i i'm surprised by this a little bit just because i um i didn't realize that the, the chronicles of narnia movie was that big a deal and like it totally was like 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 looking back like it, it was you know like post lord of the rings and harry potter it was like oh this is gonna be the the next one of those yeah and that it, sure fizzled it, out huh <laughs> I I didn't know that they made four of those movies. Yeah, they made thought, they made Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Can you believe that? Yeah, I I thought they had only made Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe and Prince Caspian. I'm like that was it. I thought that it just bombed after that, but but they made, they kept going. Oh yeah. Um I I've not seen any of the other ones. That's 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 something I would like to get to one day. Okay. Let's talk about the movie. Um <sighs> I mean so I'm I'm kind of interested cuz I I I had the experience with this movie and I don't actually mean this maybe as negatively as I feel about this movie, but I had the same reaction to this movie, like watching it and then like thinking about it afterwards that I had watching Transformers 2 for the first time. Which one is Transformers 2? I might, I might not have seen that one. Transformers 2 is the one um, where there's. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm stop you right here because i'm going to tell you the one transformers i did see and it was dark side okay. of the moon okay that's the third one okay. i think i think that's the third one um uh transformers 2 i watched in the theater at like a midnight release with a bunch of friends and like had a great time there in the theater uh and then like on the drive back i was like wasn't as good as the first one and then like when i got back to you know the, the house that we were all hanging out at i was like wasn't that good and then like by the end of the evening i was just sort of in like a like a like a frenzied like 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 pepe sylvia style rage connecting uh, all the dots of how this movie was a was a nightmare yeah that's the, that's the trick of those movies is they entrance you with those robots yes you look at the robot and go damn that's a cool robot um and then and then you you you're sort of like bludgeoned by the special effects for two hours and you don't you don't realize how bad the movie actually is until it's too late yeah and i don't think this was that bad but i definitely i definitely watched this and like was like huh that was pretty great and then i kept thinking about it and going like well hmm i don't know actually like i i just sort of like the more i thought about it the the more this film kind of fell apart for me uh uh after the fact yeah i guess i kind of had a similar experience i think that after i watched it i I, first of all i went into the movie with basically zero expectations 
this is the one that I kind of remember the least in total, but I feel like I have like weird things from the movie that I remember more than I do watching it that have yes. kind of like, like when I read the book, I was surprised that there wasn't that scene of McGonagall teaching them to dance because that has become like yes, superimposed yeah. in my memory. Um so I went in with no expectations, and I would say that once I got to the end of the movie, my takeaway was, like, a very, very moderate, I liked it. Um, yeah. I am hard-pressed to go back and pick out individual things that I loved, you know? <laughs> and I can pro <laughs> I can probably spend more time looking back at things that were things I didn't like or like weird choices um yeah and everything that i did like i was mostly pretty lukewarm about uh on the other hand i think that they had a really tough job with the source material that yeah that is definitely the, like ultimately i think this is kind of one of those like death by a thousand cuts things where it's like there's no one disaster thing in this movie right mm -hmm. like that like sinks it um and i would say that overall even though i have like kind of a laundry list of like like weird things that i noticed and stuff in this movie i would much rather watch it still than the uh, first two um it has a lot more personality than those now that's interesting to me because i i, I like still prisoner of azkaban is the top of my list i'd probably oh, yeah. i'd probably side with one and two before this one really yeah there's stuff i do love about one and two like anything with the dursleys i think is fantastic in the first two it could be um, it could be nostalgia glasses just because i have more of a connection like being mm -hmm. a kid to the first couple movies i think mm -hmm. so i think it's easy to kind of superimpose a mood onto them whereas this one had no mood to me i i felt no, i felt it was absent any atmosphere or or feelings <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I yeah no i i can agree with that and i think i think uh so i'm, I'm just gonna start us from the top here yeah. in our, our kind of like walk through here but i think immediately um i think there's something that that we both picked up on that i i think explains that sure um and uh it's the fact that this movie moves really fucking fast yes uh so this movie opens with the frank scene and i actually think they did a pretty good job with this uh, uh it has cool like m like the house on the hill versus like his little house at the bottom um and like it looks very uh, uh like painterly and like like not real and and i think that this is one of the few scenes of the film where uh them sort of like lopping out a lot of the dialogue and stuff works really well like you just see frank in his little house you see him see the lights on in the big mansion and he like wanders off and gets killed by voldemort and i think i think this is a strong opening um but then it's over in like in like two minutes and we're at the world cup like it is so fucking fast yeah um this is also our first scene where the the plot is changed right like yes they, they yeah. have they have made a huge fundamental shift to the plot and it is that barty crouch jr is in the initial scene and it is voldemort telling him what to do yes do you think that's a good change 
Yes. Like, do you, do, yeah, I, 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 I do like not, that. I do not. I, I, I guess it's a little bit early to be getting into this, but I think that if this were like, if the screenplay, if this was adapted in a more faithful way, all this would be would be Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I like the Barty Crouch Jr. change a lot, actually. Um, I I think the way that they do it is awkward in spots, but I think that, like, on paper, I think that, like, making him appear immediately in the movie so he's, like, like in your, or, like, potentially, like, in your mind as, like, like a clue or, you know, or as, a, you know, a character to be aware of, I think that that is very strong. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it adds a lot of tension, I think. I, 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 and, and also makes... Uh, means that they don't have to have three um, pensive scenes. They can just do do one. Incredible. Which I think. <laughs> incredible. Um, but like, yeah. So like we have like this kind of moody opening. Um, we, we get our first glimpse of the Riddle Tomb, which is one of the stupidest things in this movie. Uh, it's it's this giant like angel of death. Uh, 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 like mortuary yeah, thing who i don't get, know why who, who gets that. those kind of gravestones it's yeah well because it like i for one thing i thought that the riddles were just supposed to be like completely common right like like just nor normie dad and like like voldemort resented that right yes like, like that was like the whole point uh this this weird doom makes him look like a like a king or a villain like a, or something right like he's he's got this huge plot uh with a statue of the grim reaper holding a giant scythe <laughs> with a skull for a face it's kind of badass but uh but it yeah it seems like the kind of thing you reserve for like a king that the people didn't like or uh, uh a notorious like medieval general or something it's it's very strange i i have like i definitely see there are so many points in this movie where i feel like they're like prop direction i just disagree with and i see why they did it i'm just like they thought it was gonna be badass and it is yeah it is pretty badass but i just don't like it very much and i (laughs) don't know why it just seems so divorced from like what is actually happening uh the goblet of fire is another one of those but we'll we'll get there yeah 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 um so so yeah we cut from from frank dying and and the introduction to barty crouch jr immediately to harry uh ron and hermione leaving the burrow to walk to the world cup this is such a jarring transition and i don't this is another thing where it's like on paper i don't hate this like you have to condense somewhere right like uh and i think that condensing i i i ended up thinking that cutting the actual world cup game was good like that is definitely the right call to make um but generally like when you're cutting stuff you're doing it so you have more room for other things that are more important um and this whole basically the entire movie until they get to hogwarts feels like it's like rushing i have never watched a movie where i felt the actors were talking too quickly because the scene had to go fast like like every point i just like it felt like someone was telling them like can you please talk faster (laughs) yeah yeah everyone's everyone's talking really fast and and there's no time for like any uh 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 character like interaction beyond like explaining very quickly what is happening 
and there's and, and it, it causes some weird uh, uh uh kind of like like hiccups i think in the in like the uh understanding of like the world because like i i feel like if i had not read the book i would just be lost completely during this beginning sequence um if i didn't know that cedric diggory was like supposed to be like uh like a like a jock character i would be immediately in the theater completely lost as to why he jumped down from a tree it is so funny his entrance is absurd um and and like part of that i think is a little bit me laughing that it's robert pattinson um but he it's just like they it's so loud and weird and because they they happen upon amos degree and and he just like flies from from the top of the frame. Yeah, he just like he just like whoop. It's 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 super weird. And it there's no maybe I missed it, but I'm pretty sure there's like no establishing shot of him like climbing the there's tree. There's not. He just he just zooms just up he there. just zooms at zooms into the frame. And I I have a lot to say about how they characterize Cedric, <laughs> and I understand what they were going for, which I think is to be like you know, Harry, Harry's at a disadvantage in the tournament. So they're trying to like frame him as like this very confident wizard, but I don't know if jumping out of a tree is like this. <laughs> it's really doing what they think it's it does. It's so weird. Yeah. It's such a weird introduction. Um, and, and it, like, it keeps rushing from there. Like they get the port key and then they immediately arrive in the campsite. And, and this frustrated me because it, the, actual design and like the like crowd and stuff that they have at the world cup uh campsite is so good like i wanted to spend i like i would have happily have like spent you know half an hour of the movie with them exploring this camp right yeah there was filled it with details and like there was the scene in the book where they walk to go get water and i would have loved that and it would have been a great scene to have harry ron and hermione talking to each other yeah talking to each other and like taking taking in like this broader perspective of like wizarding culture and stuff it's it's like one of my favorite parts of the book and it's just absent here and replaced with okay first of all why is their tent already set up that is super weird to me that they like they just get there and like the tent's ready for them and arthur's like oh this must be us (laughs) and it's like well it's your tent i would fucking hope so and then like all of all of that like um you know uh, uh drinking in the atmosphere of like like being around international wizards is replaced with harry walking into a tent that's slightly bigger inside than it is on the outside and declaring to the camera i love magic <laughs> like what the fuck it's very funny um i love daniel radcliffe he's super good like like this is a bad line and like a bad oh, read yeah? and everything but like he i think really carries this movie in a lot of spots he, he's a really good actor uh like for a 14 year old i guess you know like he he's, he's he carries i mean i, I don't want to say this movie is even carried because it's not that good but like i would say my my favorite moments with harry are because of daniel radcliffe and also you know people that are always say like uh, like daniel radcliffe is harry to me and i throughout this whole thing i'm just like yeah because he brings like personality to that character that is otherwise (laughs) absent (laughs) yeah completely um so then now we get to like the infamous uh uh quidditch world cup scene or like lack thereof the the thing that makes this so weird is like again i totally agree with cutting the game but they spend so much weird time on this other extraneous bullshit 
like we still get the the leprechauns and not only are there leprechauns there's a giant bad cgi firework leprechaun that dances <laughs> for a minute okay so you know about movies what the hell happened with this scene where they're green screened in and talking like they are in a oh. high school play what is that scene i i am baffled okay i i don't know this for sure um because i don't you know i have no idea what the production schedule of this movie was but much like that shot of Hagrid that we were making fun of from Chamber of Secrets, where like like after Harry's arm got deboned or whatever, and it just cut to Hagrid going like, "Oh no, his arm's got no bones" or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was a reshoot. I think I think that that was a. I I think that originally either they had other footage of them like in the box, like in the book, or like just other footage of them in the stands, um, for this scene. And then someone in the editing process or maybe in like test screenings or something, people were like, I don't get what's going on here. Can you please have the characters explain uh, in very plain English, uh, very strangely directly to the camera of what's going on? It's so weird. Yeah, it's just all of the boys are are hanging out in, in this in this stand and like it's this weird fixed camera angle where it's like clearly this is like the sm- the actual small physical part of the set that they built for the stands and they're just like saying oh that's victor crumb yay bulgaria that's ireland like like just really weird almost like video game barks right like yeah like just like ah uh, enemy over there uh like sniper in the top left like just really weird direct dial yeah it was very strange i think it was a reshoot i i have no proof of that but it sure feels like it's it. very it's a very strange moment um and then and then uh then we don't see the world cup that part's fine um then we the death eater march and this is like the first th- this to me even more so than like the riddle grave is the first like oh no uh this is not how i envision this at all <laughs> scene. um it's very non-threatening and kind of funny in a way that i feel like it shouldn't be like it's it's really over the top and i think like what made this this scene work so well in the books is that it was not at all it was like gruesome and and kind of like uh a little too real right yeah it's it's tricky uh, because obviously there are like a bunch of kids that are gonna go see this movie and and in a book where you can kind of handle a family and a child being tortured that is not gonna work <laughs> right. here right yeah um but i i definitely feel like they could have gone with something maybe a little bit more understated um because i think that if it were more understated it would have been scarier here they're just like setting tents on fire and apparently raise like the entire field right like like we see we see (laughs) we see them them doing doing their evil deeds which appear to be um blowing up tents and laughing um and then like the the transition is like very very bad and i want to talk about that too but then it just like is this shot of the campsite which is just abandoned and like the color palette has turned completely to gray the entire like the area has been raised it has been like Weren't there utterly 30, destroyed wizards there yes <laughs> or something like what happened like... It, this scene doesn't make any sense to me um because instead of 
I, I guess in the original, it was like Arthur being like, get to the woods, and they run to the woods. And in this one, they leave the tent, Hermione and Ron start running, and Arthur says, get to the port key. And and we, we did talk about this briefly, but I, I assume what they meant to have happen is like Harry's getting jostled by the crowd and gets turned around. But the mm-hmm. way it's shot, it just looks like they walk out of the tent and Harry just like turns 90 degrees and walks in a different direction. <laughs> and, and, and there just yeah. aren't very many people. And so Hermione and Ron are like, Harry, Harry, where are you going? And it's like, yeah, where are you? Like, what is happening? Uh, and then there's this like really abrupt shot where everyone is gone like all the thirty thousand people are just vanished and it's it's harry and and barty crouch it's doctor who uh, (laughs) um yeah everyone's gone except except for barty crouch jr and this is this is one of the most confusing uh uh weird like plot lamp shades they put here because i think it is great that they introduced barty crouch jr so early and 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 that we see this happen at the world cup however there's this very confusing thing where the the shots back and forth are Harry seeing the dark mark and like looking directly at David Tennant. Um, and then when Crouch Sr. and Arthur Weasley arrive and find him, uh, he does tell them like, oh, I, you know, I saw a man there. And then, you know, and then Crouch, Crouch Sr. is like, oh, a man? What, what did he look like? um and harry's just like i don't know i didn't see his face but it's like yeah well like it sure looks like you did and it's just this weird this weird um like mismatch of like what the audience is being shown and like what the character is supposed to know and like that's that's not like inherently a bad thing but it is just shot in such a way where like i thought he was reacting to david Tennant's face because you see it clearly like he's not obscured or anything yeah it's like it's like what visually they were going for just didn't work the the like the way it's shot like they are the only two people on in like abandoned field and david tennant's like 20 feet away from him and he's looking right at him yeah and really well lit too because there's a big green spotlight above him so that that's quite odd before we move on from the uh world cup stuff i i, I would be remiss to not mention uh that we do see two house elves uh for a split second in this scene uh that are riding llamas i read this on imdb i thought it was a joke but they are there uh yeah um i did not see them uh like we've talked about these scene, like everything is so rushed like you only see everything for like a fraction of a second and i'm i you know i've watched this movie like several times and i missed the house elves on llamas which i think like maybe ranks up to like one of my favorite things in this whole movie now that i know they're about great it. too if you if you like go and look at like the like gifs or like photos of it they're like these amazing like yoda puppets too they're not cgi uh and i just wish that we would have gotten to see them in 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 greater detail i want to know here. about I these wanna... elves are they like is this like a free society of house elves that arrived uh independently on llamas yeah are they are they like peruvian uh uh like house elves they have like their own little society or something it's great i love it um but yes there there are house elves in this movie uh and 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 uh thankfully not in the spew storyline either when so. will dobby ride a llama please when will dobby ride a llama? Th- this is also okay was 2005 
were, were La- was Llama like instant comedy shorthand in 2005 or is that a little early? Was it? Was it? Was that the Llama song time? Y- I have yeah, to find out. Yeah, I like there's like Napoleon Dynamite and the Llama song and like the gif of that creepy llama with like the human teeth. Uh, it was really funny and popular on like MySpace and stuff. But, like uh, according according to the website uh, knowyourmeme.com, the llama song uh went up online on DeviantArt on uh, July 29th, 2004. So we are in, we are oh, in, we are in peak in llama comedy uh, time yeah. here. <laughs> All right. All right. So okay. yes. So I, this, this was, this was a hit. I, 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 I want to say this is probably a, a hidden joke for those little those llama fans out there. Oh yeah. Llamas are great. They're great animals. Oh yeah. They're, they're very cute. Uh, and I'd like to see Dobby, uh riding a llama fuck yes all right uh now we're at hogwarts uh and that was fast and, uh yeah that was fast oops here we are hogwarts <laughs> now and no one seems to care that uh that like the kkk did a march and obliterated thirty thousand. no does it ever come up um, again <laughs> i think like i think like hermione on the train to hogwarts says like oh those those were those are voldemort supporters uh, and ron's like I, oh I, I don't like those guys i also forgot that like the scene uh, where Barty Crouch Sr. shows up and, and they go through all that really rushed dialogue, like, did you see his face? There's that part where Hermione leans into Harry and just says in front of everyone, that's his mark, the dark mark. It's so, oh, yes. it is so awkward. Oh, Hermione really gets the short end of the stick in this movie, like, like even more so than the book, I think. Um, both in, like, like, what she even gets to do and I, I feel like I really get the vibe that like the director just didn't know what to do with her or something because she's uh, you hear a lot like like when you, when people talk about the uh, the Harry Potter movie is it like oh Emma Watson is not as good a, an actor as the other two and I generally disagree with that I think she's pretty good most of the time I thought she was great in Azkaban but he, there's definitely more moments in this movie where I'm just like that's the line read you went with like, like, yeah and, and I. I lay that more on the director than her, to be clear. Like, like I, I think that 99% of the time, a bad acting decision is not on the actor. It is on the director. And it re- especially because, again, like, her performance in 3, I think, was really, really, really good. Um, and it just feels weird to, like, kind of be back to how she was behaving in, like, 1 and 2, where it was, like, this, like, cartoon bossy girl, kind of. I, I think a lot of people... Um... A lot of adults, especially, um, have a really hard time with children. Yes. <laughs> and, and like, for sure, there are always just going to be those awkward reads where it's like, yeah, it's a child actor. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of the time people really want the child actors to act like adults. And so I think that a lot yes. of the moments where you're like, oh, that's so cringe or like, that's so awkward. It's like, yeah. It, it, i mean they're 14 like not even no, just the well, actors but the characters the the one that always like philosopher stone was the one i think where people really like like were just like oh she's so annoying in that movie and i'm like yeah she's 11 right like yeah have, like, like, have, you, a, have you spent any time around 11 year olds <laughs> <laughs> but that being said i think this this is the first time watching these movies where i was kind of like oh like this is a weird some some weird acting moments i guess um uh but, but so so moving on um 
Uh, we are at Hogwarts. No one seems to care that the that the KKK is back. Um, and uh, uh, we're introduced to the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, Albus Dumbledore is is excited to announce that they are hosting Durmstrang and Bobatons, or as he likes to say, Bobatons. I am a fool. I'm such a fool. I was like, ah, I'm gonna have to kind of pronounce this this sort of French word with kind of a French uh, so, sort of pronunciation here, and I didn't know that I could just say Bo Battens like like Dumbledore yeah, so, himself. So 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 <laughs> I I just I just uh, 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 was talking about like my my impression of Emma Watson's performance in this movie pales in comparison to the problems i have with uh michael gambon's performance in this movie which just feels confused and like kind of like he doesn't give a shit the Bo battens thing really really gives it away i think like didn't even try to pronounce it i'm very just... confused i don't again like i don't really know how the like f- the flow of uh uh kind of instructions works on a set but it's like that at that delivery does no one say like hey can you call it uh, beau baton please or at least try yeah, can you can you at least try and do an accent because because especially because it, it in this context where he's introducing the schools it honestly feels like he's being disrespectful like he's like he's just like oh beau battens is here like the fucking <laughs> the fucking frenchies are here yeah uh um but we get their beautiful entrances we get we get uh the beau the beau battens uh side dance for some reason and i don't mean psy it's 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 not psy the k-pop guy they they do not gangnam style into the room oh that would have been incredible Uh, they they literally do a sexy sigh as they enter uh and wave at all the boys it is insane (sighs) that's what they do that's my that's that's my that's my bow bat and sigh that's what they do then and and also there's this I, I there are so many clips like individual like like really short clips from this movie i need to grab there is a shot that is like just their asses with an <laughs> overlaid like adr like clip of ron saying bloody hell <laughs> like it's it's so weird like when we watch we watch that awful a and e like like making of preview thing where the the awful voiceover guy was going and now the boys are noticing the opposite sex and like it's i guess dreadful it is just dreadful it's... i don't know what is with every like i don't know why all the the makers of this film and the people that watch it are so enchanted by the idea of puberty but it's just like I, it's a lot uh there is a lot like, there's a way to do that Ron likes right? there's a way a to lot. make that funny a lot yeah we've got a lot of butt content in this movie yeah yeah we sure do the 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 camera sure lingers on their asses for for the thing is 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 they can definitely have ron looking at their butts and not show us and not be ron looking at their butts also right exactly right it 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 did not need to be a first person shot of that right um uh and then the boys show up and and these boys aren't sighing. Uh, why didn't they have the Bo Battens girls do like a little ballet routine? Like I I know it's like yeah. it's very stupid. Like I I'm it's already really goofy that it's like oh this is the school for pretty girls and this is the like <laughs> the like gruff northern boy school. But if they really were gonna have them do like their manly stick dance and and the and the <laughs> Bo Battens girls are like 
it's they don't they don't do anything like why not have them do like a little ballet routine or um, yeah they kind of showed Bo Batten's up huh yeah like 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 Bo Batten's like okay girls we're gonna walk in and then when you see a boy you do a little curtsy and go <sighs> but then the Durmstrang boys are like I'm gonna I've got this big stick and I'm gonna swing it around I'm gonna go sicko mode and do some break <laughs> dancing the the part that is so funny to me in this and it, it, it is like okay i it looks silly but i can buy in universe that like seeing a bunch of people do like a little martial arts dance with it with a staff is like cool right like capital c cool like wow these guys are badass yeah the part where the one in the front breaks away in a sprint and runs <laughs> all the way up up the hall and like there's this reaction shot of like all of the boys at the gryffindor table like whipping their heads around <laughs> to try and follow him like whoa that guy's running real fast it's so it's so funny oh. I, could you imagine this scene without mute because it has like this really like dramatic like 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 epic action music happening could you imagine being in that room as it was as it would have been like for those students and just like seeing these guys come in twirling sticks around to no music going and then one guy just like like running down like running down the hall like ah i'm gonna do some flips it's so funny yeah i think um as we're going through this movie i'm just i'm gonna start making my because i said like i couldn't find the things i loved in this movie so i am making this kind of ranking in my head as we go and so and so far top of my list house elves riding llamas number two is the derm strength stick dance it is it is so funny um my other thing that i forgot about it was that they add like the whooshing effects because it's like magical and it just oh it just, yeah what the fuck is with that <laughs> it looks it looks to me like um and they do some whooshing effects while they're like doing their flips or whatever and they just look like twilight vampires to me it look it, it's it, so funny <laughs> It just doesn't look very cool. No, it's it's not very cool. Um, so then, uh, so the students are here, and and uh, Dumbledore's like, "Well, it's time. We're doing we're doing the big tournament." Uh, then we see Moody's entrance, where he apparently has been walking through the rain <laughs> for miles. And I miles. don't get this at all. So there's like this dramatic shot of him standing outside the castle on like like it, the way that like a dark souls character does when they enter a new level like just standing there and like his action stance like ah the castle is here <laughs> i guess he couldn't take the train um he had to walk there all the way through the scottish countryside um and there is one moment that i do think is really good in this introduction mm-hmm. uh book version of this i really liked i remember really liking just because moody moody was like such a like weird presence in the hall right like he stumbled in and was like kind of a jackass to everyone and was very melodramatic here there is a moment where he is entering the castle and barty crouch senior is there to talk about the tournament and there's like this moment where he sort of like is about to make a dramatic entrance and then sees that his father is there and like sort of like backs off which i think is actually kind of a cool little moment yeah i i I will, like, I want to kind of give credit to all of the Moody Crouch Senior moments because I think that they were good touchstones um, for uh, the plot of the the whole thing, which I feel like the book was sorely lacking. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I will say, okay, I, I, I had this going in, so maybe I'm just like, you know, confirming my own bias here. I think the actor does a great job with what he was given. I still vehemently disagree with this interpretation of Moody. Yeah. Um, I do too. I don't really like what they went for to be. F- I, I do think that they really tried to make a coherent mystery. And so they mm-hmm. had to have Moody act differently. Like, like the, yeah, I like, obviously they added the very obvious, like clue of the like tongue tick thing that Crouch mm-hmm. does. Um, but I think that this, the plot of the book is so incoherent and the reveal of Moody being Crouch is so nothing that it makes sense to me that they would change his character. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't necessarily I just, I, agree with that. Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying I really like it, but I, I understand it, I guess. He, he had to be like outlandishly different from David Tennant's initial performance. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't like immediately obvious. Um, uh, it's the, it's just like the, the idea of Moody that I got from the books was like someone who never stopped being like the real hard ass, like, um, like in shape, like like super extra guy mm-hmm. and and here he's portrayed like kind of a wash up um and like and like a little like like moody was definitely like you know crazy or whatever in the book but it was like this more subdued um and like sinister thing where he where he was just like cold and like um like detached i feel whereas here he is just like off the wall, right? Like he is a he's just yelling and hooting and laughing and 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 like like stumbling around. Like he's he's kind of a big goofball. Yeah, I I really think this is more of a result of them characterizing Crouch and needing him to be the crazy villain guy yes. than anything yeah. else. And I think that's like kind of a bummer and I think it kind of talks down to the viewer a little bit to be able to like put mm-hmm. it together. Um I am interested. Is is Moody even in the later movies? Because Moody dies right in book seven or whatever. In seven, yeah. No, he's they bring this actor back to do more movies. Okay, I'm so sure. I'm curious how. So I guess we'll have be. a point of comparison. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I just like, I, I think he is a great actor. It's Brendan Gleeson, I think, and and it is, it is a good performance. I think that his his classroom scene that's like immediately after this, like for what it's worth is quite effective there's the part where he is um uh like or you know they they do their big goofy cgi joke scene where he's like flinging that scorpion around um uh, on people and it's like a big joke but then when he like slams it against the window and like tries to drown it and stuff and it gets much darker i think that performance that's more of the performance i was hoping for moody yeah that's like my vision of moody right there um isn't that more awkward scene did, did you um laugh at all of those first person um magic eyeball shots where it makes a camera zooming sound with, with the fucking servo noises whoa <laughs> i laughed every i laughed every time it's it's not even it's it's not even that it's like like i i get it like like movie <laughs> sound effects sometimes you can't shell out for like original 
uh, Foley or whatever for every little thing. But why did it have to be the same fucking camera effect that everything in every movie has ever been? It's so funny. I found a very funny post on the Harry Potter subreddit complaining about it. Not from like it, not from that perspective, but from the perspective like, why would a magic eye sound like a camera? <laughs> oh god it's so funny like like it 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 really just makes like the terminator like like just servo noises it's so good i i have in my i'm like scrolling through my notes here and i just have in all caps terminator eye noise yeah uh yeah this is a a thing that i think we both touched on i don't think this is a great looking movie uh no uh visually no um just like like the especially coming off the last one where we were praising all the stuff like wow all these shots of the courtyard and then there's like the 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 clock tower and stuff that we we love but there is one shot here that i have a note right after the class when neville is really upset and he's standing next to that um stained glass window while it's raining Mm. and it looks like the the window's crying i thought that was cool yeah um that's like the one moment in this. I was like, wow, you, you let the movie breathe for a minute and like have a cool visual. Um, uh, they did a great job with Neville in this movie. Oh, one of the he, best changes. He is, like my, he is my highlight in this movie, I think. Uh, he's consistently excellent. So, uh, Harry, uh, the, they, they've announced the, or they are announcing the... Um, the uh actually i guess i want to back up a little bit here because there's the scene before this they they the goblet of fire is there for you to put your name in yep uh we get a very short scene with fred and george uh walking in and saying that they've had their aging potion and they're gonna they're gonna apply um this is this is the hermione scene that i was that like really stuck out to me it's just like the director needed needed to get a a different line read out the the it's not going to work thing is so weird it's very strange it's like directed at no one it's a it's an odd choice um the director broke a rib filming this scene apparently How? uh well he wanted fred and george to fight and uh and they fought him he wasn't satisfied yes <laughs> what? yes they're they're okay they're yeah he um he he wasn't satisfied with the, like the wrestling performance they were giving or whatever so like he was trying to show them how to do it and while he was wrestling them uh they broke one of his ribs well that was shown uh, <laughs> god is ass <laughs> wow uh yeah so i wanted to make sure we hit that scene um but uh so then the goblet of fire uh it's gonna it's gonna spurt the names out and and dumbledore is there i hate how um, ornate the goblet is it sucks i it's such a like it's such a personal taste thing that like i because like i don't want to fall into that trap of being like that's not how i imagined it or whatever because i mm-hmm. it's like i think that there are lots of valid reads of of something this is just like a like they made it so ornate and like cool and like so obviously a cool magical object whereas i feel like a lot of the charm of it was that it was very plain right like it's supposed to be just like a shitty wooden cup yeah but it has magic and like like, that's that's something in harry potter that i like at least in the early stuff when like a lot of plain stuff is very magical that seems to be something that comes up kind of again and again and it seems like the things that um are most often like ornate are kind of evil like the mirror i mean the mirror is not evil but like 
you know, dangerous, I suppose. And, and this, mm-hmm. and, and I guess that kind of tracks like, but the goblet itself is not dangerous, right? Like the, the task. No, it's just a cup. I don't know. It's There's a, just a solid, like. It's supposed to be a medieval cup. Like, like that was what it was ascribed as. It was like an unassuming medieval cup. There are just like a lot of choices that I just don't really enjoy in this movie. Yeah. One of them for me is uh, Dumbledore continuing to say Bo Battens during this scene. It was driving me crazy. I have it written down here like three times. That's fine because now I can say Bo Battens. So this is, I was actually thrilled. We're free. Um, So, so they, they announce Harry as the fourth champion and the reactions in this scene are fucking hilarious. One, we get another hagrid insert shot do you think that like that's in his contract now it's like i must be in the movie like for a certain number of shots or i'm just like walking because there's this there's this amazing shot of like they call harry's name harry looks confused everyone like nudges him to walk up there everyone's looking at him and then there's just this center frame cut of hagrid shaking his head going no 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 (laughs) like really really weird uh there's also a kid yelling he cheats he's not even 17 Gul'dan cheats Uh, Gul'dan cheats (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know what to say about the hagrid stuff um because i am forming a conspiracy theory um about these movies trying to push this weird like pseudo nostalgia on people and i only say that because i i feel like when i hear people talk about these movies like they've bought into it completely and there's that crazy scene that happens later where hagrid seems like he's drunk and is like singing with ron and hermione oh and it's, god and yeah it's, like, push, and i feel like this whole thing is like pushing this weird like emotional note of being like Harry's family is Ron, Hermione, and Hagrid, but there's nothing in the text that really supports that. So there are these like bizarre scenes that are like kind of coming out of nowhere where it like cuts to Hagrid, like reacting to something or that scene where they're walking together and basically stating to us that it's like we're all a family um yeah so i don't know I, I don't know what to think of that um yeah there's like the collective shared memory of haggard being a character he wasn't and i think it must come i mean like the end of the chamber of secrets movie where he comes back from azkaban and everyone starts clapping and like that's the end of the movie is is everyone clapping for haggard yeah which is insane they're, they're just like, like we, we keep butting up against these mo- these unearned Hagrid moments uh, that don't <laughs> don't really make a whole lot of sense. So uh, I think that's kind of one of those. Although we also get so many shots of Snape. I like there are a lot of cuts to him reacting to stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, now we get the most iconic scene from this film, the film that has the, uh, the, the scene that has lasted for years and years as a point of discussion. Uh, we get Dumbledore running into the room and grabbing Harry by the shoulders and showing, did you put that guy by the goblet of fire? Yeah, this is this is an evergreen scene. People people are talking about this all the time. Um, I think that Dumbledore's character doesn't make sense. And to act like this is a... I mean, this is obviously a very clear, like, I guess the joke is, is that you can look at the book and there is that line that says that he was calm. And then you can look at the movie and say he (laughs) is not calm. Um, uh, I think that 
this is more of a problem with the character not making sense yeah i i think that like it's it's easy to point to this scene because it is very funny uh and it is it is a hilarious contrast with the text but like that in and of itself isn't the problem it's just that like this interpretation of dumbledore a is is odd Mm. uh, to say the least i think like um uh especially uh given that the character of dumbledore in the book is also not great but in like a different way so this isn't even like a faithful interpretation of the uh, bad ways that dumbledore's character changed in the book it's just like this is a very confused read of him generally i feel yeah i going into this i because obviously that scene goes around a lot and my theory going into this movie not having seen it in a long time was going to be that the movie was just so sedate that they needed to make it less so just from reading the book and feeling like everything was just like very boring exposition so i was like oh maybe this was just a choice to to spice things up and that kind of falls yeah. apart when it just feels like it it slots perfectly into this very rushed everyone is running and yelling at all times movie <laughs> to begin with um so so i don't really i don't really have any theories about this i i don't super care about it but it is very no. odd it's it, it, like even if it didn't have the reputation of being like it's not like the book so what's wrong um I think that this would be a funny scene just because the way that he runs in like in his robes like like he just sort of like waddles up to Harry and grabs him by the shoulders and shakes him around like this is supposed to be like the mentor figure like what? Is he supposed to seem scared? Because uh, because we watched that Annie like feature behind the scenes thing and and I can't remember who it was that said it uh, but the idea was that like this is the first time Dumbledore has been uncertain, right? Like Dumbledore doesn't have all the mm-hmm. answers. Is this supposed to signal that? Like, is that is that like Dumbledore doesn't know what's happening and is? But and I, is I wish because that, but that's like not the case. Uh, it like, doesn't the come book, through at all. He still has all the fucking answers, right? <laughs> yes. Like he's the spy master. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's an odd scene for sure, and I don't know what they were going for. And I just <laughs> there's this other thing. There's this, like this piece of trivia that goes around uh, like it's, oh, this is a cute, funny piece of trivia. Um, was it that the actor playing Dumbledore on the set of this movie um, kept his street clothes on underneath the Dumbledore costume <laughs> so he could easily leave? Uh, and then also he had cigarettes uh, uh, tucked away in the costume as well so he could take a smoke break without having to get changed. Which is always, like I said, it's always presented as like this cute detail. I just feel like painting, this actor was pissed off. This is off. painting quite a picture to me. <laughs> yeah, I want to, like, was there tension on set? Like, there's so many little things about this that make it seem like he was either angry or just didn't care. Like, the Bo Battens thing, this, like, idea that he wasn't even, like, fully in costume. But, I don't know. Personally, I think that the fandom and people focus on this scene too much only because they aren't focusing on the real matter at hand which is the absolute most bonkers plot change detail of this uh-huh which is the conversation that dumbledore has with snape and mcgonagall oh god and, yeah. McGonag- and yeah. so just just to refresh everyone's memory in the book harry has to compete 
because the goblet is magic. And if your name comes out of the goblet of fire, you have to compete. You, it is magically, it's a magical contract. Makes sense, right? It's magic. Mm-hmm. In this one, McGonagall says, well, don't let him compete. And then Snape jumps in to say, uh, yeah, but how will we ever get to the bottom of who put his name in there if he doesn't? And Dumbledore says, <laughs> I agree with Severus. The, yes! the implication being that Harry doesn't have to compete after all, and they're just having him do it so they can figure out the mystery. Well, because, yeah, because Barney Crouch Sr. is there, too, and he's like, oh, it's the law, it's the law, he, ha- he has to do it. But, it, like, he's, he's like, citing the rules, right? And, like, but McGonagall's like, well, fuck the rules, like, he's gonna die. Um, but, but Severus, uh, uh, you know, love Alan Rickman. He's great in this movie, but this this bizarre yeah he didn't uh, write this uh, performance. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he, this isn't his fault. But yeah, this the bizarre performance where he's like standing next to McGonagall, going like, "Uh, what if we just let him die? Like, like <laughs> why not? Who cares? Like, it's just really, really weird." Um, yeah, I think that that is it is 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 like the much more important change but it's not as like flashy as the the the, did you put your name in the thing this is this is Um, a change that again like i feel like like a lot of the changes that are made in this movie i understand because (laughs) the implication of this change is that they know voldemort's coming back that's the weirdest part because there's like this he's like the oh the attack on the the world cup and the mysterious something or other like like do you think that something's happening and dumbledore's like i don't know this seems weird though um so like they they suspect that like something is going on how will they ever get to the which... bottom of it if they don't have harry compete in the tournament i like like i get it i understand that they they probably read the book and were like hey what's this tournament doing in this book with this unrelated plot that gets dropped randomly so they had to tie it together right they had to f- come up with like a reason why the characters would right. be motivated to have Harry be in the tournament. I just mm-hmm. think this changes bonkers and maybe it not the way to very go. very strange. It is very strange. Um, moving on, Ron is pissed at Harry. Yeah. It, this whole thing works way better for me in this movie. By the same, same token, I don't understand why it's in here. Yeah, it's, it's very minor in the movie, but Ron's pissed. Harry's alone. Rita Skeeter is on his ass. I've loved Rita Skeeter in this movie. Yeah. This is why I remember this character, uh, not the book version. I love her fashion. Uh, her performance is so good. The, like, yeah, the bright green, like, silk, like, like blouse jacket thing is so good. Uh, she's got cool glasses. Her hair is great. And, like, they, it nails the... Cause she's like very like, like flattering of all the characters. But if anyone ever like questions her, she'll just say something insanely mean to them, which is really (laughs) funny. Uh, In particular, the one that I love is like, you know, she's buttering Harry up like before his interview. And she's like, Oh, like you don't mind if we conduct in here, do we? And they're like in this like shitty closet. And he's just like, this is a broom cupboard. And she just says, well, you'd be used to that. (laughs) Like just really like, uh venomous um i like this version of the character so much and we get the bonus of not seeing all the stupid bug bullshit in this movie either she's just like a funny reporter yeah she's just like a a funny and mean gossip columnist which i i think works really well yeah it's it's much cuter 
what does not work well in this movie is the serious fireplace scene. I did not think that I this think worked I fell, well. I think I fell asleep during this scene. Because I know I saw I know, <laughs> I know I saw it. I like I remember myself seeing it. I'm pretty sure my why, brain checked out completely. Why did they make it look so fucked up? It's like instead of it being just like his head in the flames or whatever, <laughs> it's like he, it 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 looks okay. When you were a kid, did you ever have one of those things that was like it was like a little box with a bunch of pins in it, and you could like put oh, like put I it love over those. stuff, and it would like yeah, it would like make a picture out of the pins. It it looks like that. It looks like he's putting his face in one of those and talking. It is so I, creepy. I distinctly remember watching this movie as a child when it came out. And at the time, I loved Sirius, right? Like, one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters. I thought it was so exciting whenever he would appear. Um, it was very, very emotionally invested in, in seeing Sirius. And I just remember being devastated that this is how, like, because I remember looking forward to his scene, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what we got. <laughs> we got horrible fireplace Sirius. And this time watching it, I'm pretty sure that's what happened is he lo- it looks so bad that i just focused on that and i didn't hear a word that he said yeah it, it looks real bad um we do get some some ron and harry bickering and then next we get one of my favorite like little moments which is uh harry and neville hanging out while because ron's pissed at him uh they should have hung out in the mo- in the book i mean yeah it, it was it's this really cute scene where like harry is just like reading a book while neville is like looking at plants like in the water um uh they're having a good time and there's this like scene where hermione is acting as a go-between between harry and ron which is like funny i, I like this moment a lot i think i like to see her stand uh, up for like, herself yes yeah the the part where she's like like i'm not what is it i'm not an owl or whatever yeah. like like that's a that's a good line it's just funny funny teen drama stuff it it, it firmly places it in that that place of being funny teen drama instead of the book which was just kind of weird and mean i th- i think yeah but like this this like this like goofy thing where like ron wants to tell harry that the task is dragons but he's too proud to like tell him directly like i like this i like this little this little setup it's a good way to handle this drama uh in a film i think should we talk about the dragons uh, yes i i am i'm thinking about that scene though and i'm trying to remember why did harry find out about the dragons in the book i can't remember who was it moody it was moody moody like told hagrid that he should tell harry right yes yeah yeah i i like because i always when we read the book and harry and ron were having this conflict that was miserable to read i a lot of that came from my feeling like there was no reason to be emotionally invested in their conflict. And I think mm-hmm. the movie changes to have Ron be so angry at Harry, but still care about him enough that he wants to tell him about imminent danger and figures out a way to do so. Like yeah. keeps me invested in that conflict. Yeah. I think it's a much better way to set it up for sure. Um, it has a good payoff too after the drag, after the first yeah. task. Um, dragons. Uh, dragons. Um, this okay so the first task is here uh and and harry is in the tent i think that this is a pretty good scene him in the tent with all the champions there's that thing with hermione who doesn't know that he knows that it's dragons and there's like that cool shot of them with like the tent separating Mm -hmm. them that i really like with them like whispering to each other 
so like this the like the the tension leading up to this moment i think is really good however they turned they turned the dragon scene into the same cgi flying sequence from the first movie with the remembrall it's like the same scene i hate this scene be, this be, might be my least it's favorite terrible thing in the whole movie it's so bad um the only saving grace in this scene is there is adr of fred and george singing yay dragon <laughs> or whatever or like good job dragon or something it, it's very funny but yeah it's so long it's this whole chase sequence with this cgi dragon he kills it does he he kills the damn dra- yeah it like falls into the ocean and it dies how do we know it and dies i i'm firmly in ron, the dragon didn't ron, die no no ron refers to it later as you slayed a dragon that's so stupid i so i hate this stupid. like there's so many levels to me hating this one of which is that it's a boring action scene that i don't care about right like it is just yeah. like an overlong mm-hmm. action scene with no tension i don't think yeah. uh especially because it's all like uh, like visually speaking all very floaty like i mean they're flying around i think the dragon doesn't look very good it doesn't seem to it, no, the dragon it doesn't. doesn't feel like it has any weight or mass or anything and and i understand like the difficulties with the cg or or whatever but it just doesn't feel very real to me in the scene um i don't like what it does for the plot because it makes um snape and dumbledore deciding to put harry through these tasks even more insane just because it looks like he could die at any moment right like we know we know the tasks are dangerous it's a dragon but like in the book it's like harry got singed or like you know like you might get kind of bruised up or banged around or something yeah this is like mortal peril throughout the entire action scene (laughs) he's gonna die at any moment yeah he's 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 going to get his head bust open by a dragon like immediately like if he doesn't move it is it 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 really and i get that they like had to make the tasks exciting i guess because they were the they were like the draw but like the entire thing in the book is that the like the the triwizard tournament is like absurd right like it's it's a joke yeah really uh um and and the first task and especially the second task i feel uh which we'll get to soon i really miss that mark i think and like it loses a lot of the like i don't know like 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 the the commentary and stuff around it i guess like it's it's supposed to be like this goofy bread and circuses thing not like a like mortal combat situation i right yeah like and it, it just frames the students really weird because it makes it look like they're watching like gladiators or something yeah they're gonna watch people die and, and then, it, and then it's, it's so like it, weird. And you're right i do like that scene of fred and short saying yay dragon but it sure is weirder when harry is going to, to die, die. Yeah, he could have died. And Fred and George are just like, woo, dragon. Well done, dragon, I think is what they actually say. It's it's very silly. Um, but he does get the egg. Uh, and and the payoff here, I think, is this great moment between him and Ron, where um, you know, as they're celebrating, Ron finally approaches him. Uh, and and it's like, like, I reckon you'd have to be pretty stupid to put your name in there. Um, 
and harry's like oh caught on did you and harry is pissed because harry doesn't realize that ron was the one who did indirectly tell him about the dragons mm-hmm. um and so ron tells him that and there's this fucking amazing deadpan <laughs> moment from 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 ron or from excuse me from harry where he's just like no one could ever figure that out <laughs> who could possibly figure that out it is so funny it's very good uh it, it is it is probably the best moment between them in these movies so far okay it's girls time it's girls time it's girls time they gotta get time girls. to get some girls it's time to get some girls um by and large i think this might be the best segment of the movie they so the the yule ball is coming and and harry wants to ask cho out but he's too uh he's too nervous about it mcgonagall is teaching them to dance because the dance is a big deal ron and harry can't get dates uh and they're being really shitty to hermione about it but she won't tell them what her deal is neville is practicing for some dance stuff too and we don't know who his date is Uh, like overall like it it becomes a teen comedy Mm -hmm. here and i think that's like the strongest like like that this is the one part of the movie that like has a entire whole personality right yes I mean, it would be yeah. made better if um, at, at one point Harry had to go out on the dance floor with a spotlight on him and do disco moves in front of in <laughs> front of the, the crowd at the Yule Ball. Um, but yeah, this is this is all pretty cute. Um, probably the most joyful part of the movie. Um, and it really kind of files off those mean edges that the book had, I think. Yeah, like the the meanest part is uh, when when they are being taught or before they know that this is what's going on there's this scene with mcgonagall and she's like explaining what the yule ball is and there's this part where um you know she's she's being ridiculous and describing the dance and she's like oh inside every boy there is a there is a gentleman waiting to lead a dance and inside a every girl lion. A flower oh a lordly lion thank you and it's like what, what is it inside every girl there's a flower waiting to to, to burst forth yeah I, I just really enjoyed the her saying lordly lion and it cuts to ron it's very good and and so but like there's this mean joke where ron like singles out eloise midgen and is like something's about to burst out of eloise but i don't think it's a flower because she's fat get it haha uh, but then this works for me just because he's being mean and then instantly has to embarrass himself in front of everyone. Yeah. Like it balances it well. Um, kids are feels, mean. Uh, kids are mean. It, 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 but it feels unlike the bloody hell look at their asses scene where like we're the uh, we as the audience are like Ron looking at their ass. This feels more like look at Ron being an asshole. Yeah, right? Ron. Like, Ron kind of gets his comeuppance here. Um this whole dancing scene is hilarious yes. uh, uh uh professor mcgonagall teaching him how to, how to ballroom dance but it's it, it like becomes this really cute montage where the music from the dancing scene like continues all through this there's like this waltz playing and there's like this montage of like ron and harry like trying to approach girls and and, and chicken me out at the last <laughs> minute and neville like practicing dancing by himself it's really cute i like it's like this just has like a a a fun mood kind of like a nostalgic mood yeah this might be the only part of the movie that has a mood (laughs) yeah yeah um the the absolute best scene in here is uh it it adapts one of my favorite lines from the book um where where fred asks angelina out um but the way that it's framed in the book rather than being in the common room is they're like 
they're like in snape's class or like the, he's like overseeing like a study hall or something yeah um and and like you know they're all talking about like not having dates yet uh, uh fred and uh and george are there kind of like egging them on and so the scene starts and harry ron and hermione are talking and snape is right behind them and snape kind of like pushes them a little bit <laughs> um so then he walks off and there's this great shot where you see fred whispering to angelina and you can see that snape is like reading something or like pretending to read something but he is like clearly in earshot like he knows that they are talking but he's not doing anything uh-huh. then it then it cuts back to harry and ron and harry and ron start talking and snape walks over and instantly does the same thing again like push so he is just like waiting for harry and ron to talk he doesn't care about anyone else he is just there to antagonize harry and ron it is so him. funny it's so good snape we don't deserve snape um but th- this is just like a, re- a very cute little character moment um uh harry tries to ask cho out in a scene that i actually think is pretty good i, I like their interaction yeah. a lot I wish that show was a character at all, yes. but, but it is, but it is a, like a well-acted scene. This is a complete side note, but Hey, will someone please clean the fucking owlery? <laughs> it's going to, it's just full of their shit. One caretaker is a squib. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess it'd be me. He has to, he has to like, clean the shit. entire, it's a castle. It's an entire castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the real dance, the, 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 the dance is here um and we see their dress robes this okay you you were talking about like the goblet and like some of the other design things and like prop design things i think this was a huge misfire that the robes <laughs> they look so silly the, the the in the book the entire thing is that like ron's look silly because they're all out of fashion and harry's and everyone else's look good because they're rich and can afford good good robes Harry looks equally, if not more, ridiculous than Ron in this scene, honestly. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell what was happening there because I think that it's framed like I'm supposed to think that it looks good, and I don't. He looks ridiculous. Some of that is a 14-year-old in a tux. Kind of like, I mean... He looks like the Danny DeVito penguin. Why is his bow tie so big? It's huge. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny. He he looks like he wandered off of Batman the Animated Series. It's it's so weird. Something that really, really, really bothers me about all of this, and I understand that it's like they have a cast that's full of teens that, you know, and they're hanging out with all their friends and they they want to look cool and fashionable. I hate that the girls were wearing prom dresses. Oh, the dresses I are so bad. It. I don't understand why they couldn't be in like wizard dresses because they should have had dress robes too. And it really bothers me. And they, and they're so like, especially because all also all of the dresses were like assigned by nationality, uh, which is really yeah. weird. Yeah. Like, like Cho is wearing a, a, a kipau and, and the Patils are wearing Ceres. It's really weird. It sure, it sure makes it feel like I already felt this way about the books. It really frames Harry as like, it's like he's going through uh, like the other, the other nationalities of the students before he ends up with like the white girl jenny the per it just yeah. it really it's really uncomfortable like yeah i never thought of that jesus yeah it is a little weird 
the yeah but yes hermione's prom dress in particular is ridiculous like the the shot of her walking down the stairs we're supposed to be like wow she's so beautiful i was i was dying it it's it's a lot of tool um it's very it's very the fashion at the time and i understand that that's just like going to happen and and they definitely like like the hair is the big one right like they all they i love i I like the hair a lot i love the hair i think that having like that makes sense to me as being fr- from the time, but having them wear fashion from 2005, like prom dresses is so weird to me. I don't, yeah, I don't that, like that, it. That, that, that did not work. Let, them, um, let the girls have cool wizard clothes. Yeah. 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 It, it, it is silly that they, even though they look bad, the dress robes at least look like someone sat down and said, okay, we're making wizard formal wear. The girls are just wearing dresses. I guess, I guess like, that carries over to Fantastic Beasts. I'm just thinking of that scene where um, Tina and Queenie change their, their oh, clothes into their, their magical girl transformations. Yes. <laughs> we're hot now. Here we go. Yeah. That was, yeah. Um, okay. So we I've been dying to get into this ever since we started watching these movies, because this is one of the funniest pieces of J.K. Rowling lore. Um, So we get the we get the ballroom dance scene and then the weird sisters are Mm. here. But number one, they can't say it's the weird sisters because there was a lawsuit. Wait, why? Um, There is a lawsuit because there is another a real band called the Weird Sisters who said you can't use our name in in the movie. Yeah. so that was kind of weird. Um, hey, I didn't mean to set that up that way, but hey. <laughs> Number two, uh, the band that is performing is a mix of members of Pulp and Radiohead. Or so it's like two really popular 90s British bands, uh, but they are not J.K. Rowling's first choice. Uh, do you know what J.K. Rowling's first choice was? No, I have no idea. It's Franz Ferdinand was her first choice to have performed with the Yule oh. Ball. They were too busy. Do you know what her second choice was after Franz Ferdinand? Was it Muse? Yes! I knew it! Yes, it was I knew Muse! It. It's always Muse. <laughs> Muse it's is always... Well, Muse. I was going to say it's always the second choice for, like, middle-aged women writers. Um, and by that... And, and I mean that target is Stephanie Meyer, but Muse was her, like, first choice, so I take it back. That's true. Uh, this whole scene, this fucking song, the, the Can You Do the Hippogriff song... I don't know why you would go to the effort of like hire like okay I want to get a real famous band here and I want them to do a song that's like a Harry Potter song and like why is why does it have to be about about magical why is it like wheels on the bus why is that what's happening it's here? so bad it's very embarrassing <laughs> I watched it with subtitles on and it made it worse because it's all just like boogie down like a hippogriff and and shake your tail like a unicorn and it's very embarrassing it's a very bad there's a line in there about uh something like a crazy elf which feels a little weird given the elves are slaves in this universe not in the movies though (laughs) not in the movies i guess they don't show up at all on this one it's it's very funny i i so badly wish we could have seen franz ferdinand or muse up there uh if this was being filmed today who like do you think she would have gotten watch the throne like 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 she she would have gotten kanye and, and jay-z up on there as her first Maybe. choice that would have been great like do you like like who if if this if if the when the harry potter movies finally get rebooted who is going to be the artist they get 
for this scene. I am so out like, of you know. touch with modern music that I wouldn't even know. So probably Muse. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, it's we like, can we get Muse time, now? Can we get Muse yeah. again? Can we? Are they? Are they around? I could see that. Muse would be a good choice. I'm just picturing like, do you remember when DJ Khaled was at the at the Overwatch? Oh thing yeah, I do. That and was, was like, yeah. I'm just imagining that, but like in front of a bunch of Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hogwarts, we the best. <laughs> That would be great. Let's see. Yeah, that 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 I think would be more appropriate. But so yeah, so so I think the Yule Ball stuff is like the most the most successful this movie is uh, uh, as a whole. Uh, there's one thing that I think is a very weird change, uh, and it is that during Ron and Hermione's argument, her, they make they they do the right thing and make Ron seem like he's being jealous and horrible. Except that they also give him an extra line I don't think was in the book that makes him seem more correct uh, than than he should be. Not because it's like an incorrect observation, but it, it, it makes him seem more genuinely concerned than he is supposed to be in this scene. Because he does mention he's way older, that, that Crumb is way older than Hermione. Yes. Uh, and, and I gotta say, seeing the scene on film really hammers that home like it is a really awkward pairing seeing crumb and and hermione walk around together i don't know how i don't know how old the actor was when this was filmed he does look like he's about 20 yeah i think he what would have been about 20 uh uh because he's like he's mid 30s now but um yeah i i like it, it it makes ron seem like less of a jackass and more like he is Cur- like he is correct like like victor's being kind of a creep um uh i i found that uh distressing i guess yeah especially because immediately after this we get the weird double entendre where harry and hermione are talking and hermione's like crumb is more of a physical being yeah I, like, they made him and the, and then they kind of walked it back a little bit like as just like oh he just watches me study like he's a he's a dumb guy like it, it was very strange um i i think that that's a really uncomfortable change that was probably made in the interest of of making ron less evil right like like everyone is kind of softened around the edges and is a little bit yeah. more right in in all like the main the main three of them um but could they have gone about it not that way <laughs> it's very awkward yeah it's very awkward it's an uncomfortable observation um and it it really undercuts what was important about this scene in the book i think was that was that ron was being jealous um uh but it's a good it's like it's still a good performance um uh there's the part where like ron is like kind of walking away stammering that is very like very teenager where he's like yeah but but yeah yeah." like after after hermione's like started crying or whatever it's just like oh yeah that's a good that's a good moment there there are a lot of um like like conflicts that are in the book that aren't in the movie but get gestured at the main one being the one about international cooperation oh yeah because that's kind of a I mean, I don't even want to say that it's handled well in the book, but it is something that keeps coming up and and something that Dumbledore mentions a few times, like we have to be united against hate, basically. But that's not really mm-hmm. a thing here, but it does get gestured at a few times and it and it ends up feeling really out of place in the movie, I think. Because the tournament is so much more cutthroat. Yes. Like, 
Yeah, like it, like it's it's really hard to to say like, oh, it's about cooperation. Speaking of cutthroat competition, the second task is here. Uh, Neville helped him find the gillyweed this time. I love this. This was such a good. This makes so much more sense. Uh, I love Neville. Um, and and I I I just think that that having him a just be more front and center. I like him as a character and an actor in this movie is very cute, but. I think just like broadly, like this is something that would have improved in the book too. Yeah, I I'm thinking back to kind of the the Moody, excuse me, Crouch Jr.'s monologue at the end of the book, um, and his explanation of of how he tried to get Harry the gillyweed and then had to. Oh right, like oh, you're so stupid. I had to have a loud conversation near Dobby to right. And, yeah, and this is just like I really applaud the the writers of the movie for realizing how stupid that is and maybe not and yes. maybe not having harry be completely worthless in uh in the yeah. movie yeah like we see that harry is studying he's working on and, it like trying yeah he's working on it he's trying uh even hermione can't come up with anything um but like like neville uh just like knowing offhand the gillyweed uh is like a thing that exists is, is a very cute change i love the part where harry eats the gillyweed and like jumps in the water and doesn't come back up and we get that like comedy shot of neville grabbing his head <laughs> and going like oh my god i've killed harry potter <laughs> uh that's it's all very cute so the run-up to the second task is great uh the second task itself oof, um I, I don't know about this one. This is another one. It's honestly like, like we can kind of like, like transplant the criticism from the first task to the second task. They made it too dangerous, which undercuts the entire point of what happens during the second task story. Um, and it's, and it's 20 years long. Yeah. Um, I think this is another part I fell asleep during. <laughs> Uh, the CGI when he gets flippers <laughs> and uh, 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 webbed hands is horrific. Yeah, he does. It he does terrifying. a flipper jump. What's what is that dolphin movie? What am I thinking of? Uh, are you thinking of flipper? Wait, flippers the dolphin, but free. I might Willy be thinking of free Willy, Willy like doing the triumph jump out of the water. But it's it's the the shot of his like hairy legs turning into flippers that are still hairy is so scary. <laughs> it's really grotesque. Um, and then like the mer the mer people are like actual monsters in this, which seems fucked. Uh, like that misses the point. I I didn't like any of this at all. Uh, the the, the weird underwater spooky corpse like like appearance of all the the. The hostages is really creepy mm -hmm. this just feels like someone said like like look if this book has no stakes we need to add stakes but in doing so they like undermined like the entire point of the triwizard i really feel like someone should tell them that you can have stakes that aren't necessarily just death <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. granted like harry's not invested in like doing well in a tournament so i guess that's kind of tough um i don't know I don't know. Like I, I, I have all these complaints and then I go back and think about the source material and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Did you like crumbs shark head? Yes, I did. It's very good. <laughs> uh, so Harry comes second place in the task. I'm just, I'm, I'm just moving along here. Cause I'm looking at like how much we have left <laughs> in this fucking movie. Um, this is one of the best scenes I think. Uh, and this is uh, uh, crouch senior behaving kind of oddly approaches harry after the task to congratulate mm -hmm. him 
this scene where fake moody then approaches him to taunt him is incredible i think and i would have loved to have seen more stuff like this yeah i i think this was a a thing that if i rewatched the movie i would appreciate more only because at this point i was still a little bit confused about the changes that were made which is totally Mm. on me right like uh, like looking at the movie on its on its own and of its own merits but like at this point i had forgotten about the changes so fresh after reading goblet of fire that i was confused about crouch senior being under the imperious curse and then i remember that that was not what is happening here um right right. so i was a little bit confused but but i think that i would have a i would enjoy this scene more if i weren't confused Um, yeah, it's just it, so so Crouch Jr. basically like is is talking to his father through the the fake Moody here. There's the there's the thing where he says, what is it like? The, oh, the last the last boy you sent to the Department of Mysteries never came out or whatever. And like like does the lip licking thing at him and Crouch Sr. like f- clearly recognizes it, but like doesn't know how to react. It's just like it's a really spooky scene that I think is one of the only parts where there's like any real tension here yeah. it's good it's it's a good it's a good back and forth okay it's pensive time it is um i because oh well no it's not it's not pensive time because we have to we we have to get to why it's here because then he dies immediately after this oh good yeah scene. yeah they condensed uh, a lot of this which i did like i mean i i don't know how else they would do it and also he doesn't turn him into a yeah. bone no he just he just kills him no bone no bones about it he is just a dead guy um and and but this is the part where hagrid says out loud like oh we've got each other i'm like like there's me it's like a very kingdom heartsy scene it's like oh we have the power of the heart with me you and ron and sora and luffy <laughs> and donald like just really weird and they start singing the hogwarts song and then they find the body it's it's so this is how we get to, um which is better than it is in the books because it's not three scenes it's one for sure yeah um it also this movie completely throws the whole like uncertainty and ambiguity about crouch jr out the window right like there there's that like did he do it or is you know or did did crouch senior make him evil like all no all that's gone he's just like a crazy guy and that part i actually find a little bit disappointing especially because Sirius in the fireplace scene and this still says that crouch senior has a heart of stone for sending his son to azkaban like like but we see what happened and it seems pretty clear cut uh karkarov names crouch jr and crouch jr tries to like sidle out the door before the before they grab him and then he just goes crazy like like, like seems pretty yeah clear-cut. he's like, like a he's like a, a crazy like horror movie monster guy in this which yeah and it's like, a all right. bummer i think i don't know what else they could have done like that's where i keep yeah. up, like against in this movie where i'm like i don't really like that change i don't know how they could have made it work any other way <laughs> yeah um there's I, I forgot to send this before uh before we recorded i'll send it to you after his performance here is so funny to me because he there the part where he goes hello dad or whatever um is so reminiscent of this fucking i I can't remember the band's name it's like this avant-garde like art piece song where the entire crux of it is it's this weird song where the guy keeps saying hello dad i'm in jail and like (laughs) it is so 
specific. I, I like it is. I I swear to God, someone sent David Tennant that that album like before he he got this part was like you have to you have to do the hello dad i'm in jail voice so so <laughs> because i don't is... know what that is uh, that sounds crazy what do you think of david tennant's performance i guess this is like the most we see of him other than like at the very end H- how do you feel about what he's <laughs> it, what he's putting out there it's okay it's it, this is one of those layered things where i think it is very lazy to have your villain just be like the crazy yes, guy yeah. right like there 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 are so many ways to unpack that um and none of them are great however looking at it like from a purely technical and like 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 a performance from perspective where it's like okay i dislike this character archetype but it is also a thing that has existed for years i i know this trope he does a good one of those Mm. yeah um i like it is not the performance i wanted um or or it's certainly not the one i would have chosen but like he's a pretty convincing scary guy you know like like i like i also like his big purple suit i i think that him being in the like this big purple jojo's bizarre adventures <laughs> ass looking suit uh and yelling at his dad is like a cool image um it's like a good performance but yeah it is not what i want you know like yeah like, i i really like it i'm so torn because i really really hate that they added this like spooky facial tick thing that he does right like i think that's i think that's <laughs> They added a sound and effect. They did too. add a sound effect. I think that's like kind of <laughs> shitty, like from a, you know, like crazy guy with a facial tick is evil perspective. Yeah. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. I understand. Like, again, I think it is a good choice from the structure of the story as like anchoring this character and like making it like him. I, I mean, he's a character that spends most of his time looking like a different character. So I think that's kind of smart. Yeah. Uh, in a way. I, but I didn't, I, I was never really very, he wasn't very striking to me. Like, I, I really think like looking back on Goblet of Fire, I honestly forgot that David Tennant was even in the movie. He yeah. made so uh-huh. little of an impression on me and I can't quite like pinpoint what and this time i'm just like how did i forget this i'm like he's doing this weird tongue thing the whole time he pops up so many times in places where he wasn't in the book and yet i completely forgot about it i the thing that makes it doubly frustrating is that i think that the small glimpse of his performance we get before he goes full crazy guy is great like the part where he realizes he's about to be named and is like shuffling out of the courtroom Uh i think is really good like uh and i wish that he i think it would have been scarier if he was more composed or if he turned on the waterworks right like if he did if he still behaved like he did in the book um while also trying to be sneaky and like getting out of the room right and it's it would be like more pathetic Mm -hmm. or something i think like there's ways to do it that would have been really cool um and like david Tennant's a good actor i think um and he's played did we i forget if i ever made this connection on the podcast um but his performance in the alias uh, the jessica jones show uh kilgrave um, yeah kilgrave uh like like i feel like that is almost like a barty crouch around like do over right like like that's that's much more what i i see from like the master manipulator type villain character yeah i i thought his performance Um, as kilgrave was was excellent and probably the 
my favorite thing that I've ever seen him in. Granted, I've only ever seen him in Doctor Who. Um, so, I, so I don't really... <laughs> Low bar. Whatever. Um, so, I, like... He also just had no time. Like that that's the thing is you really have to that's you really have to thing, shorthand yeah. stuff with like weird facial tics when you have about 2 minutes of runtime total to show this character. Um Yeah, all yeah, he really only gets to like try and smoothly leave the courtroom and then say hello dad i'm in jail that's that's basically all he gets yeah to do. and, and uh, um, i think the other thing that that stuck out to me and again like i don't have a problem with changes like this and obviously it's a it's a practical change um but in the same way that snape's character gets changed because he is played by alan rickman who is much older than than snape is supposed to be in the books um Barty Crouch jr is supposed to be like 18 in the courtroom scene right he he's like an 18 year old yes. kid um and here yeah. he is a buttoned up like suit man who presumably has like some sort of adult job at the ministry at this time instead of like the- they did change the time scale hmm uh the i i and and, but they did it very subtly but there is a i think it's in the serious uh uh fireplace scene they changed it from like 10 years ago to vaguely a few years ago Hmm. um interesting so i i I think that might have been their lampshade for that uh because yeah he's like he's a grown-ass man every time he appears in this movie he's a grown-ass david Tennant. it it is it is doctor who he is there (laughs) uh there's one very small but great scene in between this and the third task that i feel like we have to get to which is the snape scene i love snape i love snape but he has a great little scene here where he's uh threatening harry uh with the veritaserum um and this this is cute because it sets up the veritaserum early like it like the purpose like which is the same purpose it serves in the book but it, it does it well here in the film but there's also the clue here that's not in the book i don't think uh where he's already suspecting that someone is stealing stuff to make polyjuice yeah i think that that's kind of gestured at in the book in maybe the worst way possible which is in that scene where moody and snape are meeting in the halls and and it's like a very convoluted snape was like someone broke into my office and then moody was like i was looking for dark magic so i think that, oh, so i think right. it's like yeah. sort of in the book uh, but it's kind of handled like way more clumsily than this kind of yeah. just like like Snape is so casual in the scene. Um, and, and part of the reason I like book Snape so much is because everything is very dire to him at all times. Right. He's very messy mm-hmm. and that comes through. But I think it kind of hits a weird note in the book when he's like threatening Harry with Veritaserum. Whereas here he's just kind of like much more chill, much more just kind of like putting things together and being like, someone's breaking into my office. I have truth potion, by the way. Yeah. And that's kind of We get a good one-liner here too, because Snape shows him the bomb. He's like, do you know what this is? <laughs> and, and Harry's just like, I don't know, bubble juice? Like, <laughs> like just a very cute little, yeah. cute little back and forth. They have good chemistry. They the, do. The, uh, Daniel Radcliffe and, and Alan Rickman were... were really really good together in these mm-hmm. films now we basically just cut directly to the third task i was so confused honestly when this happened um i thought because because we cut to the third task uh and all the champions are there and the, the music is playing the band's playing and like uh uh 
the, the minister of magic like comes bounding out and i almost thought like oh is this him introducing the, the third what the third task is going to be and there's going to be more movie in between this and the actual third task but no this is them actually at the third task starting it, it felt like a real jarring transition to me yeah I, i'm like trying to because th- i feel like there was something in between but i guess there wasn't was there no it really it, it really was second task pensive snape third task Hmm. Uh, which is a really odd uh, 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 way to do it. But the third task is maybe the most radically changed Mm -hmm. uh, out of all of them. Um, First of all, Dumbledore pulls them all aside and tells them the metaphor of the maze, which is so funny to me. Thank you, Dumbledore. You know, okay. It's doubly funny because he tells, he like mumbles to them. Inside the maze, you will find no monsters or dragons. Or more people, <laughs> or whatever. But you will find that inside the maze, people change, and then you know might, <laughs> the, the the monster you face is yourself. And like that's really funny, uh, and like like very on the nose. But I mean, I guess it is like what the metaphor of the you know the maze is. Uh, except that there is a monster in the maze. It's evil vines. Uh, yeah, it's evil vines. Um, that yeah, that's something that he didn't mention. That yeah, uh, there's no monsters except for the the the, vine, the evil vines that are trying to kill you the evil vines that are trying to kill you what do you think of this like radically re-envisioned like visual design of the maze i liked it just because i think the maze in the book is so stupid <laughs> yeah it's pretty stupid i liked how big My, it was yeah uh, here's the thing i wish we i so wish because we did get this in the book I wish we would have, like, it would have been really nice to have, like, seen this maze, like, growing over the course of the film or something. So mm-hmm. it had, like, a sense of place. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, because, well, cause the, like, the third movie was really good about, the like, the changing of the season stuff, right? Like, with mm-hmm. all those, like, cute transitions. Um, and I would have appreciated, like, even if, like, no character, like, like, you know, no, no character needed to point at it and go, like, oh, they're growing a maze over there. Like, if you just, like, had it, like, slowly growing in the background or something, or, like, characters walking past it during another scene or something. Yeah. Just, just to establish that it was something there would have been really nice. But I do like how, like, labyrinthian it is mm-hmm. in, like, all the wide shots. But this is the part this is the part where I'm most frustrated by the changes, but I also sympathize with them the most. I think that the evil vines are stupid and the way that the maze is like actively changing and like trying to kill them is, is really stupid. That being said, it's not like the stuff that was in the maze in the book was any better. Yeah. In the book, it was like, there was a giant spider for some reason. Uh, there was a sphinx would have liked There's to see scroot. the sphinx. There's a, some screws. Love to see the sphinx. Um, would have there liked was some to see gas it. that makes you turn upside down. Oh well, of course. Um, so that would have been really weird, and also added a lot of runtime to for Harry to uh, kind of American Ninja Warrior through all these obstacles. <laughs> um, yeah. So instead, we got the spooky Heart of Darkness maze. Um, that's the other thing because it's like Dumbledore tells what the metaphor of the maze is. But also maybe it's literal and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm very confused. It about is that. very confusing because uh, uh, so number one, the imperious curse. Apparently it turns you into like a ghoul. Uh, yes. Because Crumb, when Crumb is attacking people, he's got weird eyes and he like hunches over and he waddles around. Yes. But I think the change that I'd like the least out of maybe all of the changes in this movie from the book to the film um, is that the 
is that Cedric and Harry are like actually competitive. Mm-hmm. And not only are they actually competitive, um, they like try to shove each other into the vines that are trying to kill them. <laughs> and then when there's a moment where Cedric trips and gets caught by the vines and there's this like Dutch angle zoom in of Harry turning around like he's gonna leave him like he's gonna do the make the evil choice and leave Cedric to die which is really weird because I thought the entire point of the them like deciding to draw together is that they both wanted the other one to win and they were like both selfless like that this really changes that dynamic i saw an incredible post on the subreddit that was like a dae post and it was like oh yeah it's like goblet fire movie uh did anyone else notice that if uh harry had abandoned cedric to be attacked by the vines cedric oh my lived? god no you know what no i <laughs> dae i did not i i did not think about that what the it's so oh, crazy god. isn't it so crazy no, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's a I think it's a weird change, especially because there's this moment like where Harry it, like it like does the zoom in and you look at Harry looking at Cedric and then it looks at the cup and it's like that moment where Harry realizes that he could win. Um, nothing leads up to that moment. There is never like it feels like he's learning a lesson. Like this seems like it should be the culmination of a character arc where it's like in a different movie where Harry is like uh, fighting against like his competitive nature in order to do the right thing. But that never, ever, ever is something that his character explores until this one moment. Especially because the one time his motivation is like verbally stated in this film is in the conversation to Ron, where he says, I don't want eternal glory. I just want to be me. Yeah, and then the other time where he's like, uh, do I save my hostage and, and win? No, I'm going to stay and save all of right, the hostages. Save all the but hostages. then in this I mean, I guess like it could be like a reverse thing where he's like, Do I like I I've I've fucked myself over every time, maybe I should win. Um that probably needs to be explored a little bit more to work. Yeah. That's the only thing I can come up with here, but then he like, doesn't even decide to do it. Um, And I I think that that'll kind of tie back into um, what Dumbledore says. The lesson of this movie is, which we'll talk about, (laughs) which we'll talk about later. So they go to the graveyard instantly. This does not work for me because the changes to the maze mean that there is no longer a contrast between like the silliness of the Triwizard tournament and the seriousness of the graveyard uh yeah it's like equally grim all the way through which feels like a problem it kind of it's it's very funny because in the book you know you know harry harry's going through these really goofy tasks where it feels like nothing is really actually very threatening and that's something that he's learning and then and then he gets kind of put in the graveyard and there's that moment where cedric says is this part of the task but it's not and cedric dies in the movie cedric does die but he could have died at maybe 100 other moments previously so it makes it almost frames voldemort accidentally as being the last like the last uh-huh. in a series of challenges <laughs> yeah 
and it, and it's just like it's so melodramatic too like we get like the huge like movie knockback from the spell and stuff and it's like the thing that made the book so chilling was that it was just like this offhand like okay kill the spare like we're, we need harry like right it's easy guy. it's like it's it's nothing um, yeah it's not like a co- like get getting blasted back from an explosion and he does like a whole like oh thing and yeah, yeah. okay so i i need to my notes here i i brought a, i throughout every time it showed up i was like why is the grave so extra um <laughs> and then not only is the grave already extra it uh it grabs harry the 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 grave grabs harry with its scythe yeah to hold him in place for this resurrection ceremony it is so funny why is it this weird angel of death grave it is so over the top just like dumbledore says the lesson of this movie is you know sometimes <laughs> doing the right thing is better than doing the easy thing and i feel like the film filmmakers did the easy thing in just making stuff look badass for no reason <laughs> yeah Okay, this is the important thing. Voldemort's back. Oh no. Um, it's Ray Fiennes, and he's got no nose, uh, and and he's and he's yelling at Harry. What did you think of Voldemort's big big to do? Um, all I could think about were his pointy toes, his pointy bare toes on the grass. <laughs> they really <laughs> lingered on his pointy we got, feet we, the whole time. We got to see we got to see Voldemort's feet. Um, I like no ways around it. I couldn't every time he was like because he's doing this whole big dramatic thing, right? And he's like swooping yeah. around, and I'm like. His bare toes, his bare pointy toes sure are on the wet grass, huh? I couldn't, I could not, I couldn't stop thinking about Voldemort's feet. You can just take that, you can quote that, sniff that up and put it on the Twitter. That, 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 I just, this whole thing, he was very nude. He wasn't nude ever, but like, he had a very nude aura to me. (laughs) he just exuded nakedness yes Uh, yeah i yeah it's it is i okay i i have really conflicting feelings about this because i think ray fines gives an incredible performance Uh i really like his performance in this movie i think it is maybe the worst possible visual design for voldemort they could have gone with yeah uh it is so boring nude guy (laughs) um it is it it like in the okay again i'm i'm really trying not to be a, a like in the book it would be better but like like the 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 thing with the the his the, like physical depiction in the books is that like he looked like e- like comically evil right like he has he has snake nose and and evil cat eyes and and like spiders his, the eyes hands. are red and yeah. glowing yeah he's he's like a monster and I'm I I'm disappointed that their their interpretation of him is like uh like slightly pale guy. it's really boring. Uh and like I guess like the lack of nose is kind of iconic, but like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um I I, I, I there we watched that that um interview or the behind the scenes thing i think it was the any one and there yeah. was this interview with the costume designer and i don't not trying to be mean but there was this point where she said i imagined it like this really li- him wearing this his robes or this like really light thin silk because he's like and he moves around and he's like a spirit 
and I'm like, the point is that he's not a spirit anymore. <laughs> I like that. Right. That's the he's, that's the thing is he's been a spirit this whole time. Now he's has a body and is like mortal and is going to materially affect the world. Right. Yeah. Like, like that is, that is the, that is the like crux of the fear here is that he is a right. man in front of Harry. And they went with all these visual things to make him feel kind of insubstantial and, and like spirit like, and I really didn't like that. And then the, the only thing I could think about being substantial were his bare toes on the ground. <laughs> he's got such gross toenails. <laughs> he's got, he's got pointy goblin toenails. It's really weird. Um, there is one particular moment though, that I love, uh, which is when he proves that he can touch Harry now. Mm -hmm. And when he's touching Harry's head and Harry is yelling in pain and he starts like, like mocking it and mm -hmm. like yelling it back in his face. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Like that's like the one scary, like truly scary thing he does is like Harry is like screaming in pain and he's like, just like laughing at him and like making the noises back at him mockingly, like really good stuff. Like, like that speaks a lot more than voldemort's like 20 page monologue yes you know? yes um and i think that also this performance uh makes his decision to duel harry much more sinister as well like it just seems like a spur of the moment decision almost like he because he, he's like motor mouthing this whole time that like there's this idea that i think comes really across really well in the acting which i think proves what you were saying about how like how like much the costume design misses the mark is that like he is relishing being able to talk again right mm -hmm. and move again and he's just like motor he's like he's like oh i can touch you harry like ha 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 and then he like kind of like wanders over and he's like he like oh, okay now we're gonna duel and 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 uh and like you need to bow and and like he's just kind of like he just has this really manic uh, uh, presence. Yeah, he's, which, he's which, all over the place and is kind of just like uh, like noticing things and, and reacting to them. Yeah. But his attention isn't like held very long by very much because he's someone that just got a body back and it's like, exactly. and, and, and he's like, exactly. and it's a new body and it's, it's and that's very creepy. And I, I, I feel like they could have even leaned into that a little harder. The scene, this all felt so rushed. Like this, like, in a way that like i feel like he as a character was was acting very rushed but it could have sat on that a little longer and and let that kind of have more room um yeah yeah absolutely because you think he he like like the small glimpses of it that you get are great like he's like he's relishing being able to talk again and like like touch stuff and like like you know be like like impact people physically mm -hmm. um, you know i think he wants to duel uh that stuff's all really really good but the scene is over in like two minutes because then they duel and the ghosts come out and then he grabs the porky and leaves like yeah. like it is so short um which like isn't necessarily bad because like lord knows it's l way too long in the book but i feel like there's a middle ground they could have gone for here like it's voldemort this is this is the stuff that you should be cutting other stuff out of the movie to make room for right like like you want to linger with the villain a bit yeah maybe cut out the extra long dragon chase scene jesus christ yeah no kidding <laughs> um but yeah the go the ghosts are so funny in this because like like in the book it was kind of funny because they're described as like 
goopy almost like they're like glopping out of the end of the wand very kind of ectoplasm sort of vibe in the book yeah (laughs) and here oh harry we're ghosts like it's it's so funny it's just like a, a like like here's harry's mom and dad like floating next to him and like harry you have to grab the porky it's look really it's goofy. nearly headless nick, headless nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so they they have their they have their boring wand fight and then he he grabs cedric's body and teleports back um and and this i think is the strongest performance that daniel radcliffe gives uh, in this whole movie which is when he's like crying he 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 is like he's not like movie crying he is just like fucking straight up like like that is a 14 year old crying it's yeah. really moving mark this mark this moment because it didn't happen to, well i can't remember did did i say that i got teary in the book maybe a little bit this yeah this, i think so this this definitely was my, the most emotional i've been uh in this retrospect uh so far this scene was devastating it's very cheap right like if it like i think dan radcliffe's performance is very good but the as far as like the emotional kind of like putting you through the motions a little bit it's a it's it's pretty cheap but it it definitely got me it's it's i mean i just think his performance is so good and Mm -hmm. we were talking about this we we were just like kind of going over our notes and i was like the part with the band at the end like robs it of of the emotion and you were like but that's like the part that, you, that that moved me the most. And then I went back and watched it again because I was like, really? And then I realized what it was that bothered me was not the band. Because there is a band there that's like performing like in the audience. Yeah, it's like a pet band. It's the it's the yeah. Hogwarts pet band. <laughs> the Hogwarts pet band is here. And like they, they start playing when Harry comes back because they think everything's fine. And like it's not that that bothers me, I realized. It was the fact that like as soon as the because the because the 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 like the thing that happens is like they start playing then they realize what what's happening and then they all stop playing mm-hmm. um and that's great what what drove me crazy was that they stopped playing as the sad violin kicked mm-hmm. in immediately and like that was what, what what got me was i was just like let it breathe like like his his performance here is so good like you just want to let it sit for a moment because it's really uncomfortable yeah I yeah I I mean here's my problem with the scene because I thought it really worked on me right and it did yeah. I thought it was very effective um this is like the strongest moment I think where like thematically it's like no more kids stuff right and, and you're there with Daniel Radcliffe and he's he's putting on this incredible performance that is it's despair right like this this horrible tragedy has happened um and they they go back to the school and it's kids stuff and the pet band is playing that's why that got me because i'm just like like everyone else is is kids stuff fun fun time um Mm -hmm. and and, but someone has died um and in a vacuum that scene really works for me but this is my most obviously we've talked about this a lot but this is the most where i just hate how serious the tasks were because it yes. feels like it's been that serious the whole time like i yeah like, like i can't buy into that like kid stuff narrative when when everything is life and death throughout everyone thought a dragon killed harry yeah in the first task they were like oh yeah. and they're all sitting there bated breath like hope harry's alive 
Oh yeah, like, Harry's like alive. If, right. I God, I I man, maybe who knows? Maybe this was a fight that they had like with with the you know, the studio or whatever because like there's a version of this movie where they make the bold decision to keep the Triwizard Tournament as frivolous as it was in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh and 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 then have this moment be the real raw gut punch that it should be right um and i i i am have to imagine there was at least an argument made for that and 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 probably i guess it's probably just a studio reality that's like look we cannot make a three-hour long blockbuster movie (laughs) where there's no real stakes until the last 10 minutes right like i would love that movie that's a movie for me i love low stakes movies um but like they probably just couldn't do that right they're like no like you have to make the dragon thing a chase scene you have to make the the grindylos thing an action scene Uh, it just kills me too because the movie that i imagine that we get is is you know the triwizard tournament doesn't matter but uh, like thinking back to like the yule ball and like the, the like teen experience that they so went for here this is an experience of a character that is forced to compete in a tournament that they are they have no hope of winning right like and that's like a real like embarrassment like i, I feel like when like you're you're turning 14 you're so awkward and and yeah miserable <laughs> at least i was uh and then all of a sudden you just like have to humiliate yourself time after time in front of your peers in this like weird absurd tournament i just like that movie way better it doesn't have to be like an action scene where harry kills a dragon i'm also this might be galaxy brain um but i almost wonder if they intentionally did not make the movie like that because like i'm imagining this movie where it's like where like that mood of the yule ball scene that we like so much where it's like much more of like a teen movie mm-hmm. if it had been like a teen movie where where it's 90 percent a teen movie that gets upended by a tragedy mm. uh, and that's the end of the movie and this is a movie coming out in 2005 so like four years after 9-11 like like were they like we can't we cannot do this movie (laughs) about the death of innocence for teenagers right like uh maybe maybe that's reading too far into it but i really feel like that might have been a consideration in the back of everyone's minds like they would have been making this movie in like 2003 2004 or whatever right like 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 making this this movie where where everyone's like comfortable notions of the world is upended by a national tragedy just maybe not what they wanted to make yeah i can see that which sucks in retrospect because i feel like that movie is way more interesting right yeah i mean that that totally tracks for me like everyone it's all it's all fun and games until you know terror reaches hogwarts right like that is the that is uh, a story that is that is there uh that they clearly were not interested in telling it's so weird though because it feels like they went like halfway on a lot of it like they kind of they gestured at and touched on a few of those things but then kind of backed off so instead we got a horrible dragon action sequence (sighs) yeah so moody pulls harry away and we get the reveal um the reveal i think is actually quite good Mm -hmm. Um, mostly because I really like the, um, the change 
to the the realization point being uh uh fake moody knowing that there is a graveyard involved yes the the, that that line where he mentions the graveyard and harry goes i don't remember mentioning a graveyard professor is really good um uh (laughs) but then we still get dumbledore and everyone busting in like the cops to to save the day which is very yeah it's little changes like that though that makes harry feel like he's much more engaged in what's going on in a way that he isn't in the book Yeah. Well, and it's it's also such a powerful moment because Harry is like still like crying and stuff at the in that part. Mm-hmm. Like he's still very much like a like a scared child until he puts that together. Yeah. Uh and like kind of pulls himself together. It's a really good again, really good acting moment from from Daniel Radcliffe. Um mm-hmm. But uh yeah, we get we get Dumbledore storming in. Um and 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 uh moody turns back into david Tennant, and he does his thing yeah um this is the part i did not understand at all sure what is with the part okay so so they reveal the dark mark and david Tennant goes i'll show you mine if you show me yours i don't know and i (laughs) okay so one weird dick joke to include right at the end here he's Uh, crazy Number two, I thought he was talking to Snape. Yeah. But he's not. He's talking to Harry, who has a cut on his arm. Dumbledore grabs his arm and, like, compares the cut on his arm to the dark mark. And I do not understand what the implication there is. I don't know. I don't get it at all. I was, I don't. Because it's not the dark mark, is it? No. Is that? It's a cut. No. No. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I literally... I, I rewound the movie because I thought I missed something and like watched that scene like three times. Is it, I do is not it get supposed what the to be Dumbledore putting it together? Like Dumbledore doesn't still doesn't understand what happened. And so he's like looking. I, I'm just trying to look at it from the perspective of someone watching this movie and having no context of the book. <laughs> right. And not knowing what the dark mark is, except for we did see that thing in the sky, which looks similar, but not that similar. And Dumbledore having to look at the cut and then look at the dark mark. And is that Dumbledore's moment to be like, oh, Voldemort is back. I understand. I maybe I just it, but it, it, but like I think the I'll show you mine if you show me yours line is directed at Harry. I think so too. Which it, which I I don't get it. I I just did the director get a tattoo once and really hated it and was like, oh, getting a tattoo is just like getting a cut on your arm. Like, is that it? it like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Dumbledore says so many baffling things right here at the end that I. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I would like to also point out uh, this line by Dumbledore um, where he says, personally, I've never had much time yep. for heroes. Yes. Um, what, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what is he talking about? What is he talking about? He is a hero to everyone. He is he is the hero. He's Dumbledore. I'm glad you brought that up. I knew I okay. I I'm looking at my notes here. I I remembered there was a line from Dumbledore that I wanted to talk about, but I d- couldn't remember what it was specifically because I didn't write it down. And now I'm realizing that it, it that it is what I wrote in my notes was fuck off. I don't, I, know what know what I don't know what he's. I don't even. I don't even know what he's talking about. That. Yeah, what? I, personally, I've never had much time to heroes. Dumbledore, you are a hero to everyone. Harry is the hero. Harry, Harry stopped Voldemort like three times before this. He's he's a hero. D- 
doesn't Griff doesn't Gryffindor's sword only show up to heroes? What the fuck is he talking about? I I don't understand Dumbledore in this movie. It's 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 yeah, it's a mess. I I I think this scene is way more damning like at in actuality than the than the why'd you put your name in the goblet of fire thing yes. like this is the part where i'm just like what the fuck was any of this supposed to mean for dumbledore um and then we cut to him telling all the students of voldemort's back yep uh and and everyone's sad but except they're not because everyone's sad in the great hall and then we awkwardly cut again to everyone leaving for the train and this is m- Okay, I've been praising uh, Daniel Radcliffe up and down this whole episode. I do need to harp on this scene. Okay. Okay. The part where they're like wistfully waving goodbye to all to all of the Durmstrang and Bobatons Bo students, mm. excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we kind of get this shoehorned in, like, oh look, it really was about magical cooperation thing. Uh-huh. Um. Uh there's this part where they so that all all those other students fly away and then hermione wistfully says everything is going to change now isn't it and then harry looks her point blank <laughs> and like grabs her shoulder like the spider-man meme <laughs> and it's just like yes like just flatly just like yes yes it is <laughs> like yes like, it's such an awkward performance um and then right after that moment, uh, Ron is like, well, we still got the summer holidays, don't we? <laughs> uh, and and Hermione goes, oh, and, you, and, and you're going to write me, right? And Harry is just like mockingly like, oh, yeah, every week. What the fuck was that? Fuck was that? Yeah, what was that? that we'll like, see cool. like yeah sure Hermione, <laughs> i'll write you every week uh well because the um the movie started at the quidditch world cup we we didn't get that that great uh beginning part of harry being really mean to his friends in his own head so we had to go oh, we had to get that yeah, in at the end there no i'm not gonna write yeah, you you stupid bitch yeah like, like, like yeah i'm gonna write you a letter and then i might <laughs> think about your feelings too maybe i'll even get you a birthday present when pigs fly <laughs> it's so weird what's your problem harry <sighs> wow what a movie was that the end of the movie that's the end of the movie that's the last thing he says <laughs> that's the last thing he says to her he's like fuck you bitch yeah i'm yeah i'll write you uh-huh, uh-huh sure yeah uh-huh <laughs> It's like he's he's, writing, he's writing he's writing have a great summer in the yearbook. It's like I'm ne- I'm never going <laughs> to talk to you again. Never ever going to talk to you again. Oh yeah. The oof. what a film. Like I have like this like I said this is just like a laundry list of complaints I have about this movie. I I still ultimately I think they did the best they could, right? That is that is like my core takeaway here. Is this book is just such a mess. That it would be really hard to do this thing, to to like not make a movie that's fucked up in some way. Yeah, the ways that this movie is fucked up are really funny. It's it's interesting because I I think that like if they were really were trying to make a good movie, right? Like a movie that that stood on its own and just was a good a good film. 
they would have had to gut the story right and that is yeah. never ever gonna work like like people are not gonna like that uh people no. the way that they did it people think they gutted the story oh yeah that's that's the thing that's so funny about this movie is uh funnily enough if you like look at the um the review scores this is the best reviewed one other than three really yeah like three is like far and away like the most critically acclaimed but this is like the next that's very interesting to me uh which i yeah i find that really odd um because also the fans hate this one this is like the least favorite movie for like most of the fans i think i could see this one being a being the second favorite of non uh, people that are less invested in harry potter only because i think of the first two as being very very kids movies that you know they're, Mm -hmm. they're very chris columbus kids movies which i it's going to have more of a niche audience. Um, and then the, th- the third one obviously is the best. And then uh, five, six and seven are such lore dumps. I would have a hard time imagining that you would be that into them if you're not <laughs> already super invested. And yeah. the fourth one is like the kind of odd one out that still kind of has a self-contained mystery plot and it has just kind of big action scenes Uh there's a very like identifiable like crazy guy villain mystery uh-huh. thing going on so i guess that kind of makes sense um when i think about it that way but i just didn't think the movie was very good no yeah i, I agreed but yeah it's it's um yeah it's it, it, it is a it is an interesting movie because i just feel like no matter how you approach it it would have had uh, like either reception problems like 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 you said like i i as much as i think that like the best thing like the objectively best thing to do with this book is just completely gut and rewrite it basically for a movie mm-hmm. um they there's no way in hell they would do that no um, unfortunately as much as they should right like like I, I feel like that would have resulted in a much better standalone film yeah but like at the end of the day like you're making it for fans of harry potter book four yeah at a, at a time where four. like everyone was a harry potter fan yeah yeah getting experimental in the fourth movie might have not gone so well even though the third one kind of did i don't i don't know um because the third one did kind of gut a lot of the story stuff so i'm maybe maybe, maybe it could have worked um but yeah it's it's it is a very interesting uh movie too because this is the only one that this director did from now on we're gonna get all david yates all the time um uh which i'm not really looking forward to honestly because i'm I'm not a huge fan from what i remember of of his directing choices for these movies but it, it 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 stands alone even if it isn't like great i think yeah i i honestly prefer this to what my perception going into the next ones uh is which is just they are the the safest version of these movies for a mass audience well get ready for a lot of shaky cam in the next ones oh, good. uh uh the i th- i think is or maybe it's only deathly hallows it really goes that way i'm not 100 percent sure um but but i do know that david yates loves his shaky cam uh uh, in these movies, I just think of them which... as just like squeaky clean movies that are just like 
no no real risky choices were made they're just like Mm -hmm. here here Mm -hmm. these these movies were grown in a lab to be blockbuster movies (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's how i feel about the first two though honestly like like so out of the ones that weren't grown in a lab we have azkaban which is a great movie and uh uh, goblet of fire which is more of just like a confused movie um so not not a great track record that said we've got a long way to go before we watch another one of these um because next is order of the phoenix Woo! Woo! uh you'll be happy to know though that's the longest book, but when we get to it eventually, the shortest movie. Oh, I um, forgot about that. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like it doesn't have a movie. story. <laughs> it's, yeah, like nothing fucking happens in in Order of the Phoenix. Well, uh, do you have any closing thoughts on this one? I don't think right now. Yeah, I think I think I mostly just be be happy to have Gobble to Fire out of the system in the rear view. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, this movie isn't high up on my list for a rewatch. I'll say that. No. No, I, I think I think it, in a lot of spaces it, it does the best it could, but it is it is certainly no Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode of The Shrieking Shack. Uh, we will be back, but in a separate episode, uh, kind of cleaning up some of the news and stuff that's been happening because uh, there's a lot. Yes, a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, since this isn't technically a common room, can I still end this on catch you on the flip side? I think so, because we're going to be on the flip side. So we'll catch you, catch you then. We'll, we'll, we will catch you there on, on the flip side.